fucking insanity. Like, I can't, I can't stand this other culture. Like, the other is evil. Like, the, it's like to the to the point where we can't criticize what we like. Yeah, that's infuriating to me. Yeah, and it's like, oh well, you know, I mean, I I can't comment on the Fed other than to say I don't like it. So I don't watch it. I don't watch I don't watch any aspect of it. But I don't have any real right to comment on match quality. If it's good or not, I yeah. I can watch it. No. But but at least you would know enough, Dave, to say something like you I can tell you why I don't like it. Yes. But you yeah. wouldn't slag off like a Roman Reigns or someone like that to recognize that they have like clearly they're they're it's doing not a something. Talent. It's not a talent. No. And, and that's, clearly... that's what's happening with AEW to, to me. It's not a talent issue. They got more talent now than ever. And we were talking about it the other day. They're doing less with more, and they did more with less. Mm. So it's not a talent issue. It's a fucking booking issue. Mm. And I mean, to say that this is what's going on now is New Japan's <laughs> fault. Like, fucking fucked. That's just insane. It is. It's insanity. It's like the time, like, man, you just, you just wouldn't believe the, the timeline. It's just been crazy. Like we'll, we'll obviously get into it the body of the show, but it's just one of those things where you just like, um, the bit I, I, I think I pick up on is that bit of the othering thing is like, yeah, because it's like the level of insecurity that comes with that, because ultimately like we are a new Japan podcast. We watch new Japan, but we're not going to, put our barrier heads in the sand when there are legitimate issues occurring or there's things that are concerning or there's elements you're like, Oh, I don't know if that's a great move. Yeah. Well, um, it's shit that doesn't make sense. Or no. Like, we did just did a big rant about Despy not winning last week. Yeah. You know? And, and what does it mean? Like, and that's it's, but they're justifiable and they're not, they're also not, they're packing up shop in two weeks and it's it. <laughs> it's not the end. Like, it's not the end. It's, it's, it's all in perspective. But it's like, if you, I mean, it's, but it's, it's happening slowly where there is this sort of mounting discourse now where people are like the, you know, the cracks are starting to appear a little bit with the AW stuff. And they're kind of like, we need someone to blame. And it just into that, into that void steps, Jay White, you know, and that's, and, and to be fair, he, he, he's reveling in it. He wants it. He, there's no doubt about it. He knows what's up. It's like, but and so it's like I'll I'll leverage this and I'll be the reason that you're all upset. Yeah. Uh, uh, and like, mate, he's he he's a draw. He knows how to draw. And one of the greatest ways, I mean, Floyd Mayweather proved this to a T. One of the greatest ways to be what the greatest draw in whatever business is to be fucking hated. <laughs> yeah. And MJF is the yeah. same. Like everything he's doing, it's all leveraging himself. Yeah. Yeah, you'll you'll pay to see me get beaten, and you'll be even madder when I don't. Yeah, like, and then and then you'll be confused when you're like, oh, actually, this guy like is it. fucking amazing. Yeah, I got to I got to give it to him. Yeah, that's that's the yeah. begrudging respect thing at the end. We're like, ha, ah. but then he gets you again the next time. You're back to hating him again. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of the um, that's kind of the thing too. I mean, Jay's a bit like Floyd Mayweather in the sense that he has a polarizing style as well, you know, like, so he's got the benefit of that as well. It's like, not going to beat you with high spots. Uh, no, he's very, yeah. I mean, we'll get into that. Yeah. Sure, but, um, but it is, it just, it's just, it is what it is. Like when I hear that, like, and this is kind of a big reason why 
I was so sort of keen on getting the, the podcast back and doing that was ultimately like for a few years there, it was kind of cool and fun and easy to be a New Japan fan because there were so many outlets that were covering it and you're always getting, you know, tape. like I'm not saying I want positive coverage. I'm looking, not looking for toxic positivity here, but I do think to some extent, I just want people that have got knowledgeable coverage that actually are just watching it so they know what's up. Um, and the fact that so many places and outlets clearly haven't been paying attention and then they feel obliged to cover it because they have a certain segment of their fan base that is interested and very interested in that. It's kind of frustrating. It's like, man, we need more oh, yeah, outlets. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's You might as well not cover it because if you're going to say, oh, Jay White's the fourth you know, most interesting person in that context, it's like, okay, so we're, we're like in what in, – in what context is that? Like, is that in that he's the fourth, the others have more cachet name value in the West? That's probably accurate. Or maybe, I mean, it's probably a toss up between a Carter and him. But, you know, Adam Cole and Hangman are on national TV. Okay. But he's, he's clearly not the fourth level. Like, he's not where he's positioned in the card relative the to everyone guy. else. Yeah. He's the only champion of those four. And, like, there's a whole positioning element. He's clearly positioned at a level above an Adam Cole. Like he's yeah. clearly positioned above that. So yeah, I mean, it's, you just sort I, of get, I mean, right now he's positioned above all of them. He is. Yeah, and exactly. Maybe it takes a little while for people to understand and come around and that's fine. I quite like being the guy on the periphery, just waiting for it all. That's what I said. Cold. We're prophets in the church of Jay here yeah. Dave <laughs> yeah, sure. we've been we've been singing the gospel for years um like I literally think the first time we had a, a first ever podcast the first episode we ever did I think we started talking about that guy yeah so I don't think there's any like yeah we've been we've been on the farm for a long time with the with Jamie but I do think to some extent there's a um there's a frustration that comes about from I'm assuming a lot of like New Japan fans that just can't find people that are going to talk about the things with a sense of like reality, yeah. <laughs> like just, yeah. just reality, just understand what's actually happening. That's all, that's all people are looking for. And there's so few that are doing it. So yeah, I am glad that um, we can sort of step in to that void. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, for sure, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to be the other side of the spectrum where it's like everything is, you know, beer and Skittles. But ultimately I do think at least there's some justifiable, like, like we're going to back up what we're saying with some understanding of what we've seen and be honest about what we've seen and actually like have said, Oh, we, we saw this and we're watching this and we're watching this product. Like, yeah, I just, I just can't, I just can't anymore with those type of takes. It's just like, just, yeah. And Forbidden Door is going to bring them out, Dave. It's going to bring them out. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, but, you know, what ifs, mate? What <laughs> Jay's going to rule the world. So I I'm know. <laughs> God, just, yeah. Yeah. Say something. Hi, what's up on you? 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 Hi, we work stiff. My name is Red Hope Williams. I am joined by the chocolate moose himself, Josh Crichton. Hello. 
and Dr. Dave Pruden, the Tokemop himself. We are WeWork Stiff, and this episode is about Dominion and the future of wrestling. <laughs> I like it. You, uh, is there a question mark on the rundown there? Dominion? Now Dominion? allow me to crack my allow me to crack my beer. Yep. The TV oh. Asahi. Mm. Because that was a lot of fun. That was so much fun. That was probably like the best wrestling I've seen in a very long time. That was from start to finish. I honestly have not been so engrossed into a pay-per-view. Engrossing. Yeah, in a long time. That was the honestly, it were you were you grimacing while you were engrossed? <laughs> yes, I was. I was. <laughs> uh yeah well i mean dominion yeah feels like we're back i was saying that to josh yesterday yeah. feels like new japan is is back even though you know the the cheering and all that sort of thing isn't isn't legit legal yet but um <laughs> it didn't stop him but... as much as as much as jay is trying to extract it from the audience it's uh certainly back to that well i mean i mean i didn't watch a lot during so the the no, it's back. It's yeah, it's comparatively, yeah, back. it's yeah. back. Yeah. Uh, comparative, like the it's a it's a uh, like a leap, a quantum leap in terms of uh, like progression, like propulsion. You can feel things happening. You can sense stuff is in the works. You can you you can feel movement, whereas for two years it felt pretty stagnant. With the same sort of guys and. Uh, sort of the never ending sort of ways they're trying to, you know, extract juice from a dry lemon, basically. It was oh, all I know right now is that I am so beyond happy because I am so happy with wrestling. I am like a kid in a candy store. I am back to watching wrestling randomly on YouTube. I'm back to watching wrestling. Oh no. What let it not I'm back to watching wrestling in the morning, I'm back to watching wrestling all the time now. I joking freaking up. love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is where we say touch some grass. That's the, that's yeah. the key. <laughs> yeah. Don't go too far in the other way, Red. Yeah, so we'll be covering on the show today. Uh, nice segue, Dave. Yes. Uh, the Dominion show, the fallout from the show, G1 lineups, build to Forbidden Door. And our main event, a discussion on the new champs, which played Jay White. That is right, Dave. It is a packed show. It's yeah. in, like it actually feels like we're back, you know, because my God, there's a lot happening. Can we start on Yano? <laughs> you have no idea how happy I was to hear his music and to have him come out and actually be like, "Oh, I'm watching a Yano match. Oh, this is cool." And I think, like, I think you, know, you may be the only person that was saying nah, that at that moment. No, no, I was saying it too. Wow. Yeah, I, I was just I was just so happy. You didn't have to match. enjoy you didn't have to enjoy during pandemic a 32-minute Yano versus Chase Owens match. I'm <laughs> I'm done. Like I don't it's, it's too much of a good thing. I've done. Look, all I know is that you know Dominion really made me love wrestling again. That's and that's lovely. the best way I can put it the most sort of thing for me is the how things end as the tends to be the best sort of arbiter of how much you enjoy a show is how it ends so i was pretty happy and then at that point i struggled i was like i was, and then the discourse after it meant it was even more interesting because there's so much stuff to talk about from the moment um 
the thing went off the air and people started to tweet out videos of Jay speaking, it sort of it got a second life. It was kind of the first time, you know, I would say since the pandemic that we had a lively like timeline during a live show. Like it was a lot of people were watching. It was kind of like people that I hadn't seen like live watching in a very long time. In fact, you know, since from the pandemic era. So I felt like it was a, a pretty big show in terms of engagement and popularity. The The world crashed before the show went live, which is always a good sign that yeah, New Japan's back, baby, when, you know, I have to get out the warning, sign up half an hour before because you might get, you might drop. I mean, that's when we know we're back to full um, sort of level of engagement. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I was very um, excited and sort of, yeah, as I said, Twitter was alive and kicking where you can also find us at we work stiff just chuck that win at we work stiff on twitter <laughs> i was gonna say is it controversial to say that i enjoy typically dominion more than wrestle kingdom no well yeah probably like it's probably controversial in the sense of like no. d- depends on the audience you're in Dominion's <laughs> a story show no, Rest because Dom- like the- Dominion yeah. is actually a great setup for what's going to come because Dominion's yeah. always been that. Um, there was a fan on Twitter who actually asked a question. Uh, I believe it was some weird guy called Red Williams burner account. <laughs> um, uh, he asked what were the best matches or previous matches and all that kind of stuff from Dominion. And if you actually go back from Dominion and look at it, some of the best matches of the entire year always come from Dominion. Yeah, I think too, um, part of the appeal of it for me is I always like to speculate on where stories are headed and Wrestle Kingdom always feels like a like a culmination and end yep, climax to a bunch of stories. And yep. that's great and I get a lot out of that, but... Dominion always feels like, and there's always just one match on Dominion that just, it's just insanely good. And they delivered again this year. Mm. I mean, that's, that's a very nice, that's a tremendous intro here, really. Uh, I mean, the positive to think about it too, from the perspective of like talking about being back was big crowd, like 6,000 mm. people. Yeah. Amazing. Like, yeah. Like it's, it was, it's amazing. Absolutely. It's one of the most beautiful arenas in the entire world. Isn't it? Yeah, Sucker Joe Hall. Those lights, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're not back to where we were for pre-pandemic. The last time they were in a Sucker Joe was New Beginning, I think, when um, that was Naito and Kenta. I think they sold that joint out at 12,000. And I think and a, you know Jericho and Okada did 11,000 there pre-pandemic. But it's double what it was last year. So that's a yeah, that's really good, really mm. good sign that we're we're moving slowly out of it. Also, I think it's a sign of people are interested in the stories that were being told, and you know the internet tells me that people don't want to see the Bullet Club, but I don't know. <laughs> seems yeah. like seems like the domestic crowd does. I'm about to tell you right now, I want the Bullet Club. I want the Bullet Club so bad. It's not <laughs> okay. Oh, geez. What is that? Do you think? Do you think that is like this? Uh, like wrestling sort of stuff that we've almost had ingrained in us that things should only last so long and, you know, Bullet Club's been around a long time and that maybe yeah. people get 
Jack with a story after a while and like, ah, it's time to get, you know, it's time to disband this team or that crew. I think so. I think that it's a bit of that. I think that's it's a very easy comparison because it's like, oh, well, they're bringing everyone in there. It's like when NWO got bloated and, you know, you had Virgil in there or whatever. Um, but like... And Scott Norton. Yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> Captain No Dick. Yeah, I mean, you you got to yeah. Scott Norton deserves his place, right? He's in the Bullet Club now. So, yeah. so like, uh, but I do think um, I do think it's a bit of that where it's an easy sort of target. I also think that a lot of people is it, people have this very weird thing about New Japan Pro Wrestling in that they think it to be like it's all Okada Shibata, like that's what they think it is. Like it's all the top, it's like top biggest match every week like they expect that every show should be built around these work rate matches or these like epics when in actuality new japan really hasn't ever been that like ultimately it's there are those big spots and we know where they are we know that wrestle kingdom i think everyone thinks it's wrestle kingdom every week like and it's just it's just not and it's you know especially under gato's and the booking committee's um leadership it's been this has been the predominant story for the entire run. So like ultimately it's gained insane notoriety and popularity through that story. So I, and I don't, I, they, I kind of look at it the other way and kind of keep thinking, how are they going to find new and exciting ways to tell this story and to continue this story? I find that to be kind of compelling where it's like, you know, they've only got seven or so colors and they've got to make an artwork out of it. I kind of like design with constraint. And I think that just saying do whatever you want, I think sort of sacrifices a lot of the work that they've done prior. So I don't know. I think people get a bit, you know, they want they want their guys to be wrestling and they and they don't like the Bullet Club because the Bullet Club's got interference and all that sort of stuff and blah, blah, blah. And they want their matches to be whatever. But we have the G1, we have the G1 finals. They're not, we all know what they're going to be. So like, yeah, I, I think it's a bit of, it's an easy target to, to target them and say, you know, they're not interesting but ultimately every wrestling show i have seen whether it's new japan wwe AEW, anything i'll see a bullet club shirt there somewhere like there's no denying that they continue to be relevant um so yeah say something can i can i talk (laughs) as the the fan who doesn't give a shit about everything else um Yeah, that's, um, I hear from who, them plenty of times, Fred. Don't worry. As a guy who uh, really doesn't care about you know the NWO and WCW and WWE and all that kind of stuff, and like, I, I, mean, I have my legions. My, my favorite wrestlers are Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit. Oh, geez, redacted. Nothing says I don't care about anything else than my favorite wrestlers, Chris Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying this particular paper Dominion was one of the best wrestling showcases I've seen in a long time. Like I watched the most recent AEW pay-per-view. I've watched WWE. I've watched a few things recently. This was the absolute best pay-per-view that I've seen in a long time. It got me so excited. It got me so keen. That I then jumped into Fire Pro Wrestling and I was playing the game and I got into it. And my deep dive just went hardcore. This is what wrestling is about. This is literally why I get so keen and so excited for wrestling and why I've held back the entire day from talking about it. Because <laughs> you went radio silent. God, I this is like 
I loved every part of it. Like I was about to say, Red, be prepared to get even more excited because we'll be drafting again soon. And it's the biggest draft ever. ever. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying that like, this is the reason why I watch wrestling. This is literally the best thing you can do in your entire life. And thank you so much. For- <laughs> and uh, I just want to say thank you once again. Yeah. To all Send- the listeners. Even if you're, not, if you're not into wrestling, thank you. That's literally red. I love how you keep saying that because I cannot imagine someone stumbling across this show, the most niche of niche possible. Uh, and be like, oh, what is this? I think I'll listen to this. <laughs> Interesting. I, I like, I, I'm in it for the chemistry. You know, it's just yeah, the chemistry that gets the casuals love us. So, obviously, Dominion, we've sort of given our thoughts on sort of the general uh, element, the big sort of story coming out of it. Obviously, we'll get to the biggest of the stories, but there's a few narratives that come out of it. It's a great time of year, especially, you know, G1 season. Uh, and they announced the participants at the midway point of the G1. Uh, of the Dominion show uh, to announce that we have four blocks of seven participants in a 28-man field, uh, the biggest G1 uh, ever in this, the 50th year of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, so, yeah, I figured we just have, you know, discuss our thoughts on who's in, who's out. I've got a listener question there from uh, from ZKG at ZKG, who told me this week on Twitter, Red, he is not from Australia. He's from Arizona. So the Australian <laughs> accent. Was, uh, yeah, it's not. Sorry. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I have to apologize for the accents every every week. That's fine. Uh, Miss Doom was uh, not impressed at all with my accent. Of I don't think, yeah, I don't think too many people, <laughs> Red, I, it was as close to theory as I heard a human get. Like it was. Yeah. I know <laughs> it was great stuff. I, I, I asked you boys, do I do I need to back off from Twitter? And, uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I said, if you need to ask that question, then the answer is yes. Yeah, it's, yes, yeah. It's wild out there, Ed. Uh, but ZKG asked a question, saying that asking that more of a statement. I'll take it as a comment, not a question. Uh, that Cal Frederick Fredericks should have been in the G one. So I uh, just a take a ZKG a takesman uh, out here. But in any case, it was a good sort of setup to talk about um, the G1 lineup that we do have uh, and what our thoughts were on it going in. Mm, uh, Great question. Uh, I'm going to say straight away, when we do our draft, I am taking Zach Sabre Jr., number one. (laughs) Right, you're calling your shot? Is this what we're doing Uh, here? I'm just saying right now, I am for the first time ever going to get the first round draft pick in the first of the G1 and I'll be taking Zack Sabre Jr. because he will be going on to win because Zack Sabre Jr. right now is positioned... Okay, winning, 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 the, winning the whole G... You've gone off incredibly early, Red. I've asked what your thoughts on the lineup are <laughs> and you've told me the winner. Yeah, I'm just telling you right now, there's Zack Sabre Jr. because of the way he's positioned and everything going on. He is going to win the G1. As simple as that. White's on top, eh? At Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, that's, that's all. Interesting. Any any surprises? What are your thoughts, Dave? I mean, there's some surprises as far as guys. I mean, we are like, you know, nights off guys. I yeah, guess there's bad a lot surprises. of Yeah, there, there's a few spots in there that you would, oh, I wish they had maybe had to replace this guy with that guy or what mm. have you. But the top is deep. Yeah. 
And it's yeah. kind of like a, it's a bit of a case of the top is deep and the bottom is deep. Yeah. Um, but I'm really happy to see Osprey in Okan in. I mean, there's a bunch that I'm excited for to see Kenta back as well after you know new. <laughs> The world's it. worst four. Destroying yeah, his face at Wrestle Kingdom. And his hip. Yeah. Uh, and Phantasmo. Uh, that's huge. And, and um and to see Archer back too under an under the AEW they AEW did send someone. I'm pretty sure he sent himself. He said, I'm going. <laughs> uh, and there's nothing you can do about it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, there's lots of there's lots of fun. I mean, even the guys at the bottom, there's some fun follows there. Like yeah. I'm I mean, I didn't get to see it last year, so I'm I'm intrigued about you know a chase Owens G1. okay and he may not be but i am <laughs> and uh you know uh, and this present this current presentation of like a guy like jeff cobb too because i thought yep. he was he was really flat in as a face uh, i mean he's kind of they, i guess they ride that and you didn't get to see his, bit, but... his undefeated g1 last year no no i didn't which was um, yeah was the coming out um can, can I just uh, just jump back in there, Tom Lawler? Yes, filthy. That, that is the one that I am the most curious to see about this in the entire G one. Tom Filthy is Tom. someone who I've had very little to do with, but I saw his name there. I'm like, oh, oh, we got something here. Mm. I mean, it's great for New Japan Strong. That's been you know one of the sort of the key. Uh, takeaways from the pandemic was that whole brand and filthy tom sort of was the inaugural champ and i mean his style blends itself perfectly to a new japan style like he's a legit shooter ufc uh you know credible mma guy but he's very much a character um yeah. so I, i'm fascinated to see how he goes what how he's positioned and and how he gets over in japan will be really interesting um yeah these are the these are the things where it's like coming off of what we saw at best super juniors is like you know like going in you're like oh you know, alex sane or ace austin blah blah you're like okay and then you sort of see how they go and how how well that they, they went in those particular guys compared to say you know not like a wheelie utah who had a lot of hype coming from an aw context but those guys it meant so much to them to get an opportunity um and i think you'll probably see something similar to tom all i'm hoping we see the same thing out of jonah yeah, I think that I was going to say Jonah's another guy that um a G one fascinates me with a dude like him. Yeah, oh, coming out of NXT, you know, being a lot bigger than he was when he was in, um, you know, Australian Independence and working Noah. Like he's put on a lot of mass, so it's like, just it's going to be. I just want to see does he do the Mox thing? You know, like like when Mox came in and was in ridiculous. Like Mox did a fight camp. You know, I think yeah. that. Um, you'll sort of get a sense, I think, for some of those guys that are new and coming in. I expect a lot out of um, Finley. I think he's going to yeah. be really motivated. And and El Fantasma, you've got to give it to the man. He just went through yeah. one tournament and he's lined up to go through another. Um, yeah, insane. And, I mean, by the end of Super Juniors, he was looking pretty beat up. Broken face. Yeah. Done, done an ankle done as well. So, like, yeah, he... Um, but, I guess you won't have to worry so much about doing, you know, as much flying shit coming at him. No. But, um, yeah, he'll just get, watch him he'll get, get, watch he'll get, get thrown around though. <laughs> watch him get into the group with Osprey and that, and was like, yeah, I, I, 
I mean, you can we won't we'll find out this week what the actual matchups are and what the the blocks are. But um, there's been rumors that there'll be a monster block, like a block of all the big boys. Oh wow! So, well, can, can uh, I tell you? Can I tell you based off uh, Dominion, like the one guy that I'm like, like this is like my, my yo pick. But Hanare, <laughs> I was going to say like, you were about to say Yoshihachi. I'm really no, good. no, no. Hanare, like Hanare, with the the fact that fantastic mo that he has. Oh, um, yes. In the small in the small amount of time that I've seen him, they're kind of building him a little bit. Like Hanare, particularly going to one, yeah. like he's gonna have some wins. Like maybe. You might want to pick him in the draft. Oh, you trying to <laughs> you trying to just torpedo people's team? Like it's great. Oh, no, I think if Hanare wins, that'll be one of the best things ever in the history of wrestling. Well, don't expect the best then, uh, because I think Aaron, like Hanare, it's great for him. Like it's tremendous. Like the guy has worked like diligently to get an opportunity for at this, and ultimately, this is the now. It's now it's prove it, dude. Because like this is your opportunity. You've been wanting this for a long time. This is where you 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 get in this tournament, and if you prove that you can do it, then you're going to get more opportunities, and mm. that's really what it comes down to. And I think, yeah, I don't think he's going to win. I don't think he, those guys have to win. Like I don't like that's not the point of this thing. It's you're putting a good show though, regardless. That's, that's what you want, and I hope yeah. he does. I hope he does because um, he spent a long time trying to find something, and he's he's still the pin eater of that of that faction. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what what that will what that will lead to, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. There's lots of guys there to follow as far as potential, um, like arc progression and um, development. Like in Best of the Super Juniors, you know, I was picking a few guys because I didn't know things, but I'm I'm interested to see some of those guys like a Hanare and how. How the start, how they are at the start of the G one, and how they move through, and if they come out the other end, mm. shocking a few people, and have developed, and then you know, maybe position themselves better after it. Yeah, it's interesting though because like AEW has Lance Archer going into it, and everyone thought we'd have Daniel Bryanson, we'd have a couple more people going in there, but I didn't, I didn't think that. I did. I did. I genuinely thought that, like, you know, he would be in there. But Lance Archer, it really is a bit of a letdown. I disagree. Yeah, I do too. Mm. Big disagree. Did you hear the pop? Yes. Because, I did. and then at the end of the day, I mean, that, that, is in Japan. That the end of the run that he had in New Japan was awesome. That's what got him that gig in mm. AEW. He was yeah, he was on he had a great G1. Yep. That, last time around. Mm. that that match in Dallas against Osprey. Like he had a great he didn't win much. Yeah. But like I get I get where you're coming from, Red, in that the expectation is high for we want AEW involvement. But look, newsflash, uh AEW and New Japan's relationship has is nothing to do with the domestic New Japan product because if it was there would have been somebody turning up at Dominion. Someone would have got on a plane. Little old Tana's getting on planes, going to prance out at for 14 seconds out at a dynamite, but no one's coming through the other way. So it kind of tells you where the where the where the uh, pecking order is in terms of where the importance in terms of relevance for this upcoming Forbidden Door show is. And 
like a guy like Lance Archer, he's a perfect guy to bring across because the people in Japan love him. him. They know him. Yeah, they they recognise what that he's is. Got a long established relationship with all the Suzuki Gun guys, and I mean, he, he slots right back in. And AEW won't miss him. Yeah, because but he's the, not on there. Let's just say that, like, you know, I'm a fan of AEW, right? And like, I have like this New Japan thing, and I've just come into it, mm. and I'm just learning about it, and all of a sudden, the only guy coming over is Lance Archer. Yeah, but if you're an AEW fan, will you be happy if you lose a Brian Danielson off the top? Now that you've got no Punk, no Omega, you've got like this is the issue. Like, I end of the day, who's to blame? And that's the that's the thing. Like, if there's no AEW involvement in the G1 or the top end guys aren't there, who's to blame? And mm. I know that it's if New Japan could get Danielson, if they could get Moxley, you don't think they'd get Moxley? You don't think they'd be like, oh yeah, we could just get like. Of course they would, but it comes down to the fact that AEW's got the rights to their, their contracts and ultimately they can say, no, we can't release that guy. Yeah. Now, I'm pretty confident Andrade would have come if not for what's the rumours coming out about CMLO and AAA having a big drama and he can't work anything, including Forbidden Door. So there's a lot of stuff coming about that. Um, I do expect that he perhaps would have been one of those guys to come across. But it's the fact is, it's like I put this out on Twitter too, Red, like, can, you got to name me someone that AW, a main event level AW guy that that AW can afford to send to Japan off TV for six weeks that has got cachet in Japan that people will be interested in that will drag the audience across from AW. It's like the yeah. smallest pool ever. Like I don't know who that, yeah. that guy is. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But if Punk was know. healthy, maybe know. Danielson. Maybe. Yeah, or Pac. Yeah, but he's a Dragon Gate guy. So yeah. then there's a like this this whole yeah. like we're getting into a whole thing about like it's great to play beer and skittles and we can dance around. Oh, everything's great. The world's open. Politics in pro wrestling, people. It's not it's not easy just to book this stuff. Like it doesn't happen. Like we'll just get that guy across and that'll be done. It's like there's a couple of guys that, that could work, but at the end of the day, like it's the prerogative for AEW can be like, no, we're not going to send that guy unless like unless Danielson says fuck you, I'm out. Other than losing, Lance Archer's presentation and not being used that much, his presentation in AEW in spots has been really good. Yeah. Um, and he's worked, when he's been on, he's worked really fucking hard and tried to have as good of matches as he can have, whether it's a squash or whatever. So, um, yeah. And also, I, also, Red, just off the back of that too, like you'd say off of, like I watch AEW, you'd say that Wheeler Utah was getting really well pushed on TV every week was a pretty well-known commodity, right? Didn't necessarily lead to that crossover integration that people would expect from, from the discussion around that guy going across. So, yeah. I mean, yes, 100%. Yeah. Danielson moves numbers. Danielson brings eyeballs, like Mox did that year. There's no doubt about so, it. Yeah, if Mox and Danielson went to G1, bam. Yeah. We've we seen have- it. We have big wrestling things going on right now. We saw it. Mox went to the G1 and it drew eyeballs. It, there's no yep. doubt about that. But at the end of the day, like New Japan's got a prerogative. I think Danielson wants to go when the crowds are cheering. And I think that he can't, he couldn't be guaranteed that yet. So he's not going. I don't think he's, I, he'll do a, he'll do a G1 before he retires. I'm convinced of it. But I just think this year, given the position yeah. they're in and ultimately and New Japan's, Japan's not fully open yet. So. Yeah, and I think also New Japan's like we've got our own stories to tell. 
Well, like, Brian Danielson right now, he's he's too busy uh, at his uh, golf club. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, he's actually injured, you know, and there's a lot of talk around that one as well. So hopefully that, you know, heals up in time before Forbidden Door. Forbidden yeah, Door man. is like, it's, it's getting weird now. Like, it, Forbidden it's Door weird. is like, for yeah. me, it's like, I'm now experiencing what you have gone through for years, Josh, hmm. of like the pandemic. It's like injuries, COVID, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The video coming up, it's like, as I said before in the previous episode of our show that we do weekly. The one you're listening to. Yeah, the one you're listening to right now. Yep. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us in your car and at home or in your AirPods. Um, but it's like, I'm finally realizing there's stuff going on. Like, you might get sick. You might have a wrestler that you're really keen to see wrestle get sick. And, uh, and where that becomes an issue is particularly when you've got resources at your disposal, but where that becomes an issue is when you just have the same guys wrestling every week and positioning them in those top positions. And then next thing you have three or four injuries or a DUI or yeah. whatever. No. And, and then you, you haven't, and I mean, this is kind of, this sort of leads into the conversation I think about around like, you know, the value of, of mid carters and uh, that sort of thing that, you know, you need guys to slip into those spots. And if, if you haven't been putting them on TV, then it's very hard for crowds to sort of accept that they're not just a, a main event guy, but that they're going to be competitive. Mm, Credible. Yeah. And I think uh, it sort of goes off. We've got a nice listener question here. We've got, we've got an, another doctor, another doctor wow. follower of the Would show. Would you like yeah. me to read this one? Uh, yes, you, you may. We may lose a doctor. So, yes, uh, you can go. I, I offended Ms. Doom, so I'll do my best to... Uh, Dr. Gary P. Mariner. Yeah. Is this the worst possible time for Forbidden Door? No, Omega. No punk. Questionable for Danielson. Big NGP stories happening already from across our events. <laughs> What's that last bit? <laughs> from, across, from across over events. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, Dr. Gary. Oh, Dr. Gary. Thank you, Dr. Gary. Yeah, is it the worst time? Could like something's gone wrong? Well, but- I is it a timing thing or is it a lack of preparation around the timing? A bit of that. Bit option A, bit option B there. Yeah. Um, it feels rushed. There's no doubt about it. It feels very, very we, we announced this sold out, you know, in weeks. And obviously um, I think what we got here is a, an issue with two philosophies clashing because they're and each having to do things that each other don't like to do. Like New Japan, you can't announce a card until we've gotten through Dominion. You've got to get all the stories through. And, um, and AEW and New Japan having to do what AEW's thing of like releasing press releases of like 12 pages to explain eliminated tournaments they're going to be running to get things <laughs> to get, to, there. To get yeah. there. So each of them are having to do things that they're not accustomed to. 100% like no punk through a big sort of spanner into the works and then like no, no Omega. Obviously, I think we all knew that wasn't going to be going to be happening uh danielson's issues are uh, a concern obviously with his What's concussion history 
Uh, so has he got a concussion again? No one's announced what he is. He just he hasn't been. He just he's he's injured. There's been no announcement of what injury it is, but it's off the back of that anarchy in the arena match. Look, uh, I'm going to say it. Uh, no, it's not a massive issue because this is the first time that we've actually had the forbidden door with AW. Um, this is year one, so it's not a massive issue because. Do we get year two though if it doesn't do well, like pay per view wise? Yeah, but it's like this is not a massive issue because we still have the event coming up and I'm sure the matches are good. Following, though, if New Japan AEW have a good relationship, we'll get better and better and better and better storylines and better matches going, coming forward. I don't think we'll ever get storylines. That, that is my hot take because I don't think... I honestly don't know how they integrate them across the two companies if they, if it's anything like what they've done thus far, I don't want there to be storyline integration because it's like it's just all over the shop. Like people are running it, like they can only do little bits. So I've heard, I've heard the most insane concepts for matches. People still think that it's like Adam Cole and Jay White are going to be wrestling each other because they were presented together at the beginning. It's like there was no, there was no, they never intimated that that would happen. They were paired up. They were like seen as a, together. Yeah. That was like the spokesperson. Yeah, the that was the idea, right? Together, Representing yeah. it from their perspective together. But people are like, oh, they're going to get to Jay versus Adam Cole. It's like, what, in two weeks, they're going to like break that up? And if they do that, I'm like, I'm not here for that sort of rushed storytelling. Like, it's, yeah, it's just, it feels like there's a lot of things they want to happen. And it's just, they haven't quite figured out all the logistics of getting to that point. And it feels like we're sort of booking on the run two weeks out. We're two weeks out and we know one match. Like, yeah. that's kind of crazy. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Two, two, one match and then the potential two. Yeah, the, was that the four? The All-Atlantic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was sounded pretty... We still, we still like we and New Japan well. showing how much they care about that by having a eliminator series on the road to show where it's going to oh, be and it's and it's Ishii versus Kanemaru <laughs> and Honma versus Con Connors Honma's <laughs> in it first, yeah Honma Honma could win the belt Honma mania yeah. running wild across the all the Atlantic yeah uh, yeah beautiful stuff yeah we so we know where that's at like it's just it's just like man we're overcomplicating it here I've a it feels like we're, we're like we're a bit half pregnant. Like we just either be the fig fed and get your sort of your wrestlers together of your little figures and smash them together. And that's what you're going to do and just make dream matches or do story driven matches that you've built to. You can't kind of, they haven't figured out what they want to be. So I've just announced the matches just, yep. Danielson, uh, Zach. Yep. We just want to see who the best technical wrestler in the world is. That's it. That's all we yeah. need to do. We'll just announce I mean, that. They did that with Angle and, and Redacted. For, yep. Um, 17. Yeah, for 17. It's just, no, week yeah, out. Just throw the, yeah. And it was an awesome, awesome match. I mean, Zach and Danielson is going to be amazing. Yeah. And that, but I, I get that. But it's like now the issue is, the issue is going to be like, like, I think the story, and we'll get to it when we obviously talk about Jay, but the story is Jay Hangman. That's been, I mean, we've, the agenda is there. It makes sense. That's the most compelling match for Hangman for me. It's been that way since the beginning because those two have history and they're paired up against one another. It's like a perfect match. 
but people are like, oh, but we want, what does that leave Okada? And that's a really legitimate question. What does that leave Okada? Because Okada's the the main guy from New Japan in terms of the work rate legend type character that people want to see wrestle. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is like, well, whose fault's that though? Yeah. Like, because Jay versus Hangman's a credible match. I don't think, I think Jay and Hangman, like that's, that's an equal balance. If there isn't a guy of a, at Okada's level on available on AEW's roster, that's AEW's issue. Like that's ultimately like can't, you can't say, well, you know, like it's probably going to be Adam Cole. Like that's he's the last guy sort of standing. And yeah, I mean, look, you could you can do that because Okada will make everyone look amazing. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't be putting him in there for six foot three. <laughs> I'd be concerned if Adam Cole is looking up. Cole, We're like, yeah. holy shit. Everyone looking and go, ooh. But that's the situation they find themselves in, I guess, with, with Adam Cole. Is that I mean Adam Cole probably should have done it, had a spot in the best of the super genius. <laughs> realistic about it. If we're being honest, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, and that's the thing. Like, it's no drama. Like he's just a smaller guy. That's okay. Yeah. He could get over as a smaller guy, but um you the way they present him and the way he's being marketed and, and positioned, it doesn't really have that that kind of positioning. So, yeah, that's the issue, man. Like, if Punk was healthy, it'd be Punk Tana. Mox would be out there looking for something. It doesn't really matter because unless you unless it's Omega, or unless it's someone like that, there's no one's going to be really happy, honestly. Yeah, but I doubt I doubt anyone. I mean, they're not going to give Okada forty minutes. I just don't see no. that happening. I think it's going to be as quick as Okada gets. He'll go about eighteen. Yeah, and he won't. It won't be the main event. Would you like no. to know what um the match I'd love to see is a Carter versus Miro. I would love if if I could actually dream book something right now. I'd love to see a Carter versus Miro because Miro is back in the picture and he's being built up as this big guy. Got to lose though. I know, I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying that like I would love to see that sort of like a random match put together. Like you know, not so much Wardlow and a Carter, but Miro, yeah, I know, I know the same thing. <laughs> that's 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 the issue of this shit, man. Like, you got to find someone that he can beat. Yeah, look, I'm just saying that I would genuinely enjoy seeing Wardlow. Uh, you know, but uh, sorry, Miro. You know what? You know what's a shame is that uh, Andrade can't be on the show because you could have done Andrade and Okada, and you could have had Naito do like do the Lij thing with Naito being there or or tag. Yeah, or a tag, or you could have done something around that. You could have a nice, like, LIJ moment with all of them. Yeah. And, you know, they could have um, I don't know, done something with it. <laughs> Just fucked around, basically. Yeah. I don't know. Just yeah. fucked around. But I mean, you look at a talented guy. Yeah. The, the, those talent, the issue is, Red, those, all those guys you mentioned, like your Miros and that, they're all in that, that four way match thing. So, like, this is an issue. This is an issue. And I, I'm interested, Dave, because this is the thing that came out from the Zach um, Danielson discussion is that people are upset. This is what's happening, Red, because this is what's great about this whole thing. You're like, you're having this nice fantasy booking of a mid-card guy and trying to elevate them. Now, the opposite's happening from the AW fans are like, Danielson shouldn't be wrestling uh, Zach because Zach is, quote, a mid-carder. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's a tremendous thing. It's like, hey, he's a mid-carder. Um, One of the and- greatest wrestlers in the entire world right now. Yeah, yep. it's probably yeah, but it's it's fine because I think what it shows is this. And I'm interested to see what you think, Dave. I know we had a little chat about it, but like it to me, it shows this idea of what what is the mid card? 
Like, what yeah. is the concept of a mid card? What is that? Well, that I mean, mean, I was going to kind of pose that question. You, to really call someone a mid card, you have to define it. And I think the def- definition from company to company is different because I was thinking about this like on the drive home yesterday. And New Japan, I sort of see as like you've got the top tier, and you know, they talk about the four pillars of AEW. Well, I mean, pillars have got to hold something up, yeah. Hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, you got one really in the rest, where the rest, but um, the four pillars I, I see is like the, the main event level, the Kazuchika Okada. That's the main event level. There's four, four guys with a fifth spot waiting in the wings. You got um, the ace, Okada. The that ace Tanahashi, and you got the 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 King Heel fucking Jay White and uh, the ungovernable misfit Naito. They're your four your four main event draws, mm-hmm. but there's this like fifth spot. And whenever a story kind of ends between one of those four, then this this fourth spot, you know, the, the, one of those guys can go off and do a thing with someone else. Or have yep. a break or whatever but this spot is then left for what i call <laughs> what i was like in my head i'm like this is the kazuchika mid carter <laughs> and it's for like guys like osprey or whatever like these Shingo. upper echelon guys who can step in at any moment and be in that main event level to fight kind of like to nip at the heels of those four guys to be one of those pillars of the company to be on all the posters mm. to be the next guy and like shingo uh i mean even evil let us at a point there um you know abushi's gone but to be considered one He's of those four guys there's there's a bunch of dudes in that yeah. upper echelon of the mid card and they can have their own mid card battles and zach's in that in that conversation as well where and then you know the the Kazuchika low carters, you know for the Hanares and <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they and then you know they and Okada does the same thing. He'll go all through there with the trios belt, uh, doing uh, tags and different mm. things. So there's a there's this really good flow where guys in the mid card still seem like legitimate threats to guys at the top, and it's just a matter of timing and opportunity. And they're waiting in the wings. And uh, so their mid card, whatever that means, fluid. is so much stronger than anyone else's <laughs> top tier and so deep. That's the part. I don't know how they do it because obviously philosophically, like Tony Khan wants to protect the guys. Like He protects his main event guys. They don't lose, right? They never lose on TV. And the mid card guys tend to get lots of wins too, right? They sort of protect him in tags and things. But they don't seem as strong, even though guys like um, in the mid card at New Japan, they lose, you know, guys lose all the time, but they somehow, like, I'm just saying, like, how do they stay? It's just they can heat them up so quickly. And it's just like, okay, we need Zach to be a, a main event guy. All right, New Japan Cup's coming up. Just yeah. go in there. We're going to give you more time. Go well, in, think, get over. I think that's the beauty of like that that regular tournament system throughout the year is that there's plenty of opportunities to heat a guy up, to give him mm. a few matches, to tell, a, to tell a story over a few weeks that really makes them feel like a legitimate, legitimate threat again. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, and then, you know, the wrestling quality, which is such a focus in Japan and what, you know, all, I mean, so the audience, the, the fans, 
they love guys if they're great wrestlers. So if a great wrestler that's in the mid card is then suddenly in the main event scene, they're only going to be wrestling even better matches. So they stay hot. Yeah, it's it's it is a, it's such an interesting thing, man. Because ultimately, I was I was like that too. I was like, like we got an issue, like you were saying before, Red. Like, yeah, Miro's a guy, hundred percent. Miro's a guy. Like, but you just wondered, like, you, I don't think he's ever going to get like he's going to get a main event push in that company where he's just going to be he's going to be a featured act. And it's just this interesting element of like, there's a big distinction. I think that I, I like the Okada, the mid Carter, the low Carter. I like the the, the Carters. Like, because that's my thing was like, man, what do they do with Shingo? Because that was the thing when you're trying to match up people, people I've seen a lot of people's fantasy booking. And when you look at the levels of the guys, it's like you better be careful when you put a level, like, say, oh, Shingo's a mid card guy. So let's put him yeah. with another mid card guy. And it's like you put them next to each other, and you're like, oh, there's a big difference between your mid card guy and this mid card guy. Because, yeah, I mean, who are you putting Shingo in with, like, um, like Scorpios, like, or. You put it with Pac and you know, because Pac's one of those guys, it's a a really great wrestler that's going to get over because he's a really great wrestler. And that'd be cool. The Dragon Gate boys just go in there and high speed it. But as you go through, the presentation doesn't match up. It isn't. It's just not as deep. And that's not, it's like a tacit, to me, when I feel these criticisms of the forbidden door, like, what are you going to do for Carter? We're going to do this. We're going to do that. It feels like there's a little, like, tacit suggestion of like, I kind of wish we had some of those guys here. Like we want the forbidden door, but we want it on our terms. We kind of want, mm. we want, we don't want Zach in there because we haven't watched New Japan since 2018. So we don't really rate Zach the same level that everyone else does. We don't want Jay in the main event because we haven't watched since 2018. We don't want it. They, they want 2018 New Japan with an American yeah. crowd, an American production team, an American audience, American TV, and all the, the you know, all of that. Well, and it's like, no, it's evolved since that point. And these guys have gotten, really really good and i will tell you right now that if danielson gets zach danielson will be in the back campaigning to put zach over yeah <laughs> he'll be saying that's the <laughs> he'll be saying give this guy the win look i'll put i'll put it this way there's three guys who have their own style of match yano shibata and zach and I think that Yano is in the mid card, whereas Zach has now propelled himself into the main event, whereas Shibata was the kind of guy who literally had his style of match and it was a Shibata match. There is a clear distinction, though, with Zach Sabre Jr. Where oh, for sure. He, he, his level of match is so fascinating because every single wrestler who takes him on, we all know what's going to happen and it's going to be spectacular. And I think the new Japan really have propelled Zack Sabre Jr. Into a position where he is going to move up into a bigger territory for new Japan going forward. Yeah. The guy the, he puts on spectaculars. Like you talk about one of the best wrestlers in the entire world. You have to include Zack Sabre Jr. In that. I company. think, yeah. I agree. I agree with you, Ed. And I think that the only thing that separates guys like Zach and say like Okada, Tanahashi, Naito, Jay is the opportunity to become a draw. So whether that's through injury or story or whatever, but to the opportunity to regularly main event mm. a, a card and then have the success of that card be dependent on you being on the poster. That's the only difference between those four guys and, you know, probably another five, six, seven, eight guys who are all at that main event level as far as match quality 
or the ability to tell a story in ring or whatever and they're all kind of plug and play but um that's the only difference and you, you know you, you're so right about his style when i mean akata goes and wrestles zach saber jr you know you're getting Akata's a match. quite happy to do a zach match because yeah. he loves i mean he can wrestle all styles yeah he's a two-time new japan cup winner so and not everyone's going to win the belt like nah. that's the reality not everyone's going to win that belt but just being a like if my sort of judging of it is can i credibly believe that you may win the title like if you get a, yeah. if you're in a title match can does that near fall get me because i can believe that they would push they would actually do it like and it's coming home like that's, like, that's the difference yeah. that's the difference between uh the two the two companies it's like the mid-card guy you know you see it with when hangman was wrestling you know the first match on dynamite and he's wrestling these guys who somehow are the number one contender and then he's wrestling them and you're like this guy you know they might they might have a good match but you know that there's no chance of him getting over mm. whereas i mean you can put a tomohiro ishii in against jay and you're like there's there's a threat there's a chance there's a threat. i don't I, it's very tiny I don't believe it's, it's tiny it's a small chance but 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 they do such a good job of making you feel like there's a like that one in a million you could see that one in a million every year at every G1, everyone's like, maybe it's the year that Tom, Big Tom wins the G1 <laughs> every year. And because you can believe that he could do it. He's yeah. not going to, but you believe he could because at the end of the day, you could make him champ because those guys are good enough to be the champ. And I think the title, the, the value of a world title is by the people that can't hold it. <laughs> like. Yeah. Exactly, if you yeah. if you can't get to that spot and these are the level of guys that aren't unable to get to that spot then how fucking good are the top guys and that's how you have to think about it my middle name might be hope but i am lowering expectations good plan right drastically, drastically. <laughs> like it has become very very apparent and that's what i meant before because this is year one of this let's see what happens in year two I like how we've already skipped you one. Like <laughs> yeah. they're so low, I'm planning for the next one. Like I mean, yeah, maybe we'll get maybe Rescue will be two nights and the second night will be an AW involvement. And maybe that's the second forbidden door and that could be interesting. But until we get to that point, um, I kind of have okay. don't care. Yeah, I kind of don't care as much. I'm kind of yeah. more interested in the G1 progression and the story of like we just had jay white win the world title speaking of like the whole thing about like how many people were like no akata's winning this because it's got forbidden door coming blah, blah blah but it's like no we've got a guy that we believe can be the world champion and this, we've got a story we want to tell and we're going to fucking tell it and yeah, regardless of, regardless of your forbidden door thing yeah it's one off pay-per-view like we're telling this story yeah. and everyone on a everyone on twitter's like they've obviously done this to prepare for this thing it's like okay okay but like i think they've got they've got a longer play here to elevate this guy and so yeah i i just man i, I don't know i just look back and think is it really like i know everyone's excited about this thing when it first was announced but as we get closer and closer to it it becomes more and more apparent that it's like maybe these two companies aren't exactly the you know the most aligned philosophically and yeah and that's troubling and i mean look if ever there was an opportunity to make an invasion angle work it's probably when you had control over every guy going in and yeah i mean he couldn't do it then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so to be able, so to be able to do it when you've got two different companies 
with competing philosophies and then try to make it make it work somehow yeah uh, on what seems like rushed and short notice i mean maybe if this was six months from now and you and you really took the time to slowly build some stories in there i feel like that would have done it a bit more justice but i mean the the rush now that the idea of japan opening up and you know clearly they have some guys under contract that want to work over there so they're like oh okay well let's let's open this up let's get this started and hmm. you know but shit, i don't know yep it's a bit like that mm. Mm. <laughs> Mm. That's, that's for me that's what it is it's, it's what it is i mean it it's is what bit, it is it, it is a bit meh really I've it's a bit, a bit flat it is and that's i'm that's... way look, way more looking forward to the g1 yeah, yeah because that, that, that's exactly it like this is this is like my modern era of the invasion angle and because the invasion angle was such a letdown in retrospect when i was going through it amazing but in <laughs> do you remember me? Do you remember me? I was like, what is going on? But, but the whole forbidden door thing for me, like when it first was announced and all this kind of stuff, I have to lower expectations. Regardless. Yeah, oh, dude, I was the same. I was super excited about it. And mm. I feel like that what has let it down for me is, you know, Tony Khan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, look, Allegedly, <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, we're, we're still going to get absolutely amazing matches. If we get Zach, if we get Zach Danielson, Danielson I'm yep. happy. Oh, yeah, mate, I'm happy. Jay's Jay's going to be on top. He's going to yeah. be main eventing. He'll yeah. be like, stick your forbidden door up your ass. Look how good I am. No, but yeah. what I'm most excited for is like the the relationship going forward. So we have this this coming up. Like, what's going to happen after that? That that, oh, that yeah. is the thing. Yeah, you know I mean, mean like, I'm, I'm going forward now. I'm going like, cool. Let's just get this out of the way. Could be one or two things, Red, because it's going to be a wild time. Because if stuff yeah. happens, there no. could be some dirt sheet, amazing stuff coming out being leaked from either one. There could be resentment. It could be anything. It could literally be anything. You know Chaos. What? I, I, I think a lot of Tony Khan's going to be. He's going to be reluctant to let AEW guys do tours in Japan because he's a bit afraid that they might come back and go, um, can I be released from my contract? Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to work over in Japan, thanks. Yeah, I'd like this here. Yeah. yeah. Look, I, I think there's nothing wrong about what's going on. The wrestling is amazing. And this is going to be really exciting. It's a big uh, week. It's going to, this, is, this is a telling week, Red. It's going to be really cool. And then, like, it just, it just going to it's just spike. You have the G1 coming up. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, the Dominion talk, like, I know people are excited about the Forbidden Door stuff because it's all potential. And then potential goes off the rails. And then people have booked themselves four places down and then something goes wrong. Like, your fantasy booking is not going to work. So now that's, that's the fun stuff to talk about, right? But I'm more interested off the back of what you said before red like how excited you were coming out of dominion i was too because of all of the potential for what we're looking at going into the future in, in new japan pro wrestling um and people and obviously our fans our listeners people out there part of the, the stiff community can i just like direct out to mr Durham right now uh, Miss Doom, you're, you're a great fan. We love you to bits. And uh, I hope that I can win you over. My, you're not my, going to. Yeah, my opinion is my opinion. And uh, <laughs> I respect your opinion too. <laughs> uh, it's great. It's tremendous. 
That's great. Well, we, we, that's, that's the benefit, I think. You, we accept all different ideas and insights and opinions on this stuff. We're talking about pro wrestling here, people. Yeah, Dave, you do this one, actually. All right. Dr. Dave. What's the long-term impact of, for Juice here? Does he slot straight back into the US title picture or slide back down? I mean, Juice, he can slide right back into the US title's DMs. I that's think. right. <laughs> He's rock hard. Yeah. Sliding all over the place. The... Uh, yeah, again from Dr. Gary. Thank you, Dr. Gary. Uh, yeah, interesting. I mean, obviously referencing the issue with juice, which is such a strange thing that happened, obviously the appendicitis thing, but just the, the, the whole, it was very strange how it was done. Like juice doesn't have social media, so he can't do it himself. So he had to like send a video to New Japan, who had to then tweet out said video and then <laughs> criticize the video that was sent out by themselves. <laughs> so that was kind of an interesting way to go about it. it smellness a little. Well, it, I mean, it's reached a high heaven <laughs> when they have to cooperate to get out the anti-story. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, he's he was you know he wasn't fit, but he was in Japan. So this idea that he took the belt with him is kind of hilarious. Um, I love the idea of Juice the Belt Kidnapper. I think that's uh, yeah. I think that's a cool gimmick. And yeah. if you put it into the context, remember when we when we spoke to Cody back in the day about <laughs> yeah, about the belt about the belt, and, and we're like, oh, there's scratches on it. He's like, yeah, yeah that's juice, <laughs> fucking juice. <Yeah. laughs> it's like no respect for the belt, and it just goes full circle. Now this man just won't let go of that belt. But I do think, to some extent, um, it's a it's a they're making chicken salad, I guess. Like they're trying to tell a story. I think. Uh, it fits with Osprey's thing. I think this leads. I, I think he's in the picture. I, I think it's Osprey and, and Juice at some point. I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if in the same block in G one, mm. um, where Juice can can perhaps get a win over Osprey and then set up a US title match coming out of it. I think that makes all the sense in the world. You know. Yeah. Look, I, I think yeah, Juice going forward, he's uh, he's got so much momentum behind him right now. Like particularly with his new character change. And did you watch that match, Red? Yes, I did. Yes, hey, I did. What'd you think? Hey. Yeah. Wrestling is good. He's rock but, hard. But going forward, I just don't see why they wouldn't try and capitalize on him. Really, in my opinion, at his peak. Right now, Juice is peaking. <laughs> well, it's funny because he hasn't <laughs> he's only wrestled like... He's rock hard after He's all. rock he's hard. He's getting hard. hardest. He hasn't wrestled much. It's kind of you hope that he can you hope that he can get a good G1 because then he can sort of recapture a bit of that steam that might have been lost by not being on that show. Um the character's obviously been pushed to, he's a heavily pushed commodity. Uh it's just getting the opportunity to get in those matches, I guess, now and and to be able to see how that character is presented over the course of a G1. But yeah, if he's pair of Osprey, I think that's really I mean, that's that that's a high position to be in so that'll be a really compelling story I'm, and i guess you know they're kind of both anti-company which is kind of interesting yeah. yeah i'm interested to see uh what what bullet club members are paired together in the g1 too i think that'll be maybe if juice and jay are on in the same lock or phantasmo and jay yeah that, that's the spinner elp yeah. is the spinner yeah 100 elp and i made that note in in my book was that ELP was deliberately made out to be like a leader. In that particular match in Dominion, ELP looked like the leader of that particular tag team at yep. that moment, 100%. He walked out, looked it, finished it, and looked like the leader. And that, like, that's so interesting as a storyline going forward. So... Yeah, that I found that really super fascinating. I know it's a question about juice, but going into ELP. Same sort of question. 
Yeah. Because yeah. they're all fighting for that second. They're all fighting to be Scotty Pippen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the thing is, for me, though, is going back to Juice. Juice right now is the best version he's been in a long time. This yeah. is the most exciting version of him. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really, exactly. I mean, like, don't forget. Oh, maybe that like, US title run with Jay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But, mm. and, and the mock stuff. Mock but stuff yeah, good. yeah, for sure. But as far as uh, in isolation, without without holding hands with a, yeah. with, a, with, a ta- with a partner, so to speak, in isolation as a character, this is the most interesting he's been. Yeah, 100%. Yep. The juice is loose. Yeah, we go. To be honest, we've done exceptionally well to go this long before we've been edging ourselves before the full blown (laughs) Jay White discussion kicks in. We've been hinting at it. And now, ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Dr. Dave Pruden. (laughs) No, I I don't want to go first uh, on this one. I'm kind of interested to hear your takes and then I'm quite happy to interject because. I mean, I mean, I'll just, I'll just, uh, I don't know. I don't know you what know, the, Dave, I'm no, sweating no, already no, at the prospect. No, Dave, I've been waiting literally 24 hours to hear you talk about this match. I'm match. going to talk about it, but yes. yeah, uh, I mean, thoughts on the match. I mean, please, someone start me off. Yeah. Right, okay. so, uh, what do you think of the match, Red? <laughs> oh, my God. I loved every second of it. It was wrestling. It was absolute wrestling at the purest form of what you can get. Like if I had the ability to go back in time and say, oh, you know, uh, Rock and Austin at 17 and, you know, all these kind of different matches, Jay White versus Okada is one of my favorite matches that I have seen in probably years. You mean like the rivalry or the match itself? The match itself, because the, the rivalry, yeah, I haven't seen any of it. I, you know what I mean? I, I have seen- <laughs> Were you not watching in the? Yeah, you watching when watching MSG, watching that Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> no, no, no. I've, I've seen it, but like, like, like that match. I, Jay I got- hasn't been around for for fourteen months, Red. So you I- haven't missed him in Japan. Yeah, I got, I, I got to be a fan, and I got, I got, I, got, I, I was so the, from the second the match started, it was so cool. It felt like um, watching Naito versus Okada. It felt like watching, you know, like when you're really heavily invested in someone. So big. And like, yeah. Well, I, I didn't know who was going to win. And mm. the, the, the whole match was so cool. It was, every part of it was like, hey, you want to see an actual technical performance of wrestling and like a great story that's told in the match. After mm. watching the Battle of the Super Juniors and everything, this was an absolute clinic you, there's no other way to put it this is the reason why i watch wrestling and when you say clinic too in a lot of ways it was uh a, a domination again by jay over mm-hmm. okada he got a, he got like a massive percentage of that match yeah. and okada had his comebacks and that sort of thing but the, the the thing that i found interesting is that in the in previous matches i mean jay's what now four and one but in previous matches in the and the last big one when jay lost a lot of the comebacks from Okada, he didn't really have answers for. And there was an evolution. There's been an evolution in Jay as a character, in a, in a, not just a, um, the, 
Jay the character, but the way he acts in ring, the amount of shit talk and the quality of that shit talk and getting in the head during like just another level. Um, and I mean, he he really kind of it was a Jay match. Like that was that was predominantly his match. Uh, it was so cool to see after not watching wrestling for so long to actually see Jay White dominate. And What's it? It's interesting to hear it, Red, because like I, I explained Jay on Twitter as watching a Jay White match out of context is like coming into a TV show mid-season because like the dude is a guy that ultimately rewards people who pay attention. Like if you pay attention to to the story of him, the story of New Japan, if you're paying attention to the last three or four years, you will get so much out of his work because his his references are there but i found what was fascinating is new fans fans that have just come in the last two years that haven't really seen jay in japan because that's the thing it's his first singles match in japan in 14 months or something and a lot of new fans hadn't sort of seen it but they are compelled to sort of seek out more of him because they can sense that something else is going on the, the little things he does and the things he's referencing the things he's talking about there's something's going on i think the people that have have that watched him as a young boy or watched him when he first started as switchblade and then dipped out and have come back. They may struggle a little bit because he's, he's evolved so much as a big, it's a big jump and he's taken that style. Like he obviously gets compared people call him. I mean, people call him boring. Let's be real. People call him boring. That's how they perceive him because they expect the high spot style worker. And I, I mean, obviously we all disagree. Like we, we vehemently disagree with that characterization but I, I think it ultimately comes down to what do you what do you want out of pro wrestling? And maybe I know that Dave and I were on Jay very early, primarily because a difference in what we like in wrestling is storytelling. Like we, we, it's unabashedly like moves and stuff aren't as intriguing as can you tell an interesting, compelling story? And can you can you make it like you know it's real to me? Damn it! Can you make it? real and jay makes it realer than anyone i've ever seen like and i love flair and all those guys but to me when i like when i watch when i watch flair it still feels like performance it still feels like performance when i watch jay i'm like the way he the way he talks to to wakata and the way he talks like he does moves and talks to tanahashi what he's doing there is just it's it's very, I don't know. There's like there's a Jake the Snake level. That that's how I've always compared Jay is to Jake the Snake Roberts. I've always sort of like felt cerebral. Them, yeah. Clever. Like the I've always felt the two of them are very they have this thing where that you listen to everything he says and what he does in the ring. It's a good comparison in terms of being able to translate the outward character, the the promo character into an in-ring character because it's like it's with Jake, it was always more what he didn't do that you're interested in like yeah. it was like i've got seven things i'm going to do in this match and you're going to care about every one of them so i mean I will, the next question asks a lot about you know what, what are your thoughts on um you know jay's style or whatever yeah trish, and, like, trish I, spears 48 I, trish for that question and i wrote i wrote jake the snake as one of those guys so i definitely agree and particularly jake as a heel in the fed like wrestling has never been more real than when jake Put that fucking snake on macho man yeah that was that shit was fucking terrifying and mm -hmm. like i often will go back and watch jake promos to just 
because I'm like, this isn't re- like this isn't wrestling. This is a monologue from a from a film villain. Yeah. The the just the depth of what he's saying. Yeah. And Jay the Everest feels, promo. On yeah, the, yeah. DBRC. Yeah. And uh Jay feels the same way to me. This isn't just this is like a a much higher higher brow performance than than your average pro wrestler. Yeah. I said the same thing, man. I said it, it makes like I tweeted out said it makes me sound pretentious, but I don't care. <laughs> like I understand it's like, look, it's like saying, look, this guy's playing at a different level, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, oh, you're trying to gatekeep us on this thing. I find it boring. It's like, okay, cool. That's that's cool. But like I like Nicholas Whining reference films. Like that's yeah. fine. You can find them boring, but I find depth in them because I'm looking for different things. Cool, fine. Like, end of the day, like fundamentally to me, like Jay's jay's performance here like i i thought the match was was really good but i like i don't know how it'll rate in people's matches of the year but i i tell you i invented a whole new category for myself no, i don't know if it existed yeah i yeah. don't give a shit yeah <laughs> i i i was it's to me it's the performance of the year it was yeah. the he 100%. had he had so much to achieve in he had to literally he came back for the first time in 14 months he came into an audience that you know he hasn't been around a big a big crowd was there. He had to not only had to get himself over as a credible challenger, he had to keep the Bullet Club storyline going. He had to call back to all of the history. He had to show depth and movement in his character because he's he's the babyface turn is coming soon. Yeah, that, that interaction with Gato. I don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't and need then, it. And then Gato convincing you, trust me, trust me, Jay. Trust and me. And then and then Jay and going, then going oh, and to then, go for it and yeah. kind of standing there with the, with his foot on by the, the time it, by the time he yeah. got there because Jay hesitated because he wants to win on his own because he's been he's been on his own for 14 months he doesn't he hasn't needed Gator in America yeah and, he, and he's coming to realize maybe I don't need him here now and like so he had to get that part over so he's going through that whole thing and by the end of this match it's and he's in control of the match it's clear that he's he's leading the match too so he's doing that the story of the match is insanely compelling because what he's actually doing, I think was he plays at levels that I don't think people to pick up on the first time he rewards attention, he rewards rewatches. But the idea was like when he started and it starts from the very beginning, we get, we're getting back to the good old fashioned cinematic new Japan camp where he does that slow clap as Okada's is coming out Yeah, and think of this, like, Oh, here we go. It's going to sound pretentious, but think of the symbolism of that, of a man clapping, you know, era of the clap crowds. He is clapping to along as if to say, this is what you generate, a slow, yeah, lifeless clap. clap. Yeah. Right? And not and, to mention, too, like they built a Carter up. Yes. Like they, they genuinely yeah. built a Carter up, like to yeah. the point where he was back to being the The Rambo. Okada. Yeah. yeah exactly. And what, that's the yeah. thing, man. What they did was they built him up to be the guy that Jay would take. We all thought they were building him up to be their ace and to be this guy. They built him up so that Jay could beat him. Yeah. And to elevate Jay to that that next That's level, true. and he got yeah. to that next level because he, I mean, in his mind, he's saying, "You built this guy up to be this great guy, and all he can elicit is his claps. You will cheer me." And the whole match, he is doing it. He is goading the crowd. He is talking shit yeah, to them. He's, he's saying, to "Say something. To, to, say and, something." And even trying to get them to chant Okada. That's the story, Dave. He's yeah. trying to get them to chant Okada. They won't, and he learns through it. They're not going to cheer Okada. They'll cheer me. And yeah. that's the story. That's what he learns through the match. That's the whole story of the match is that yeah. they won't cheer that guy. They will yeah. cheer me. And when he wins the match and he gets them to cheer, they cheer for him. The boy, the boy that left Osaka years ago, six years ago, 
and call them his family, love me, and they cheer for him. He is proving his his whole hypothesis is proven true, is that Okada as a champ cannot elicit reaction. I can. And he demonstrated that in a match. With not allowed an elicit reaction. <laughs> yes. It's ingenious. It's like yeah. he told that whole, he told the story of the pandemic in 35 minutes. And to me, I think that's one of the most, like, it's just one of the most beautiful performances you can get in a pro wrestling match. And people are going to go like, I have sat for two and a half years, endured so much shit to see well, that, someone that, that has yeah. come out and done that. It was, I honestly, like when they start cheering for him, I'm like getting emotional. I'm like, my God, he's, he's signaling the next, like he's signaling the, the change. And, and it was so babyface. Like I called you my family and maybe I wasn't lying. Like, come on yeah. now. Like that's, and it's Osaka. And the, and the way he, I mean, the way he acknowledged Okada, kissed him on the forehead, put the bag yeah. under his head. Sorry, man. It wasn't about you. I'm yeah. the next guy. It's, it wasn't about me shitting on you and saying it's my time. It's my time. And that line say something. He keeps saying, say something. It's a yeah. perfect line for him. In the lead up to that match too, when that, the, was it, uh, the best of the super juniors at the end and they had that tag match. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he sits on the ring. This is what was, I was like, I've never seen that before. He sits on the ring apron and he's talking to Okada and saying, you know, you know, it's my time. Hmm. The way he's doing that, like a, like a real interaction, like a real competitive interaction and fair fucks to Okada, who's also going back at him. Yeah. You know, like, like, come on, man. Like, and, seriously. And, can, and like, Okada does this great job of showing um, how Jay's getting under his skin and like kind of, and, you know, they tell the story in that through the commentary really well. Oh, he, he should have just gone for the DDT, but instead he went for a bigger move because he's trying to put Jay away. Yeah. Jay's frustrating him. And so he's causing him to make these mistakes. And he's like, I, I can have your match. Let's have your match. Mm. I can beat you at your game. Yeah. And all the, all the times in the past when Jay hasn't been able to reverse something or has been knocked down, you know, all those times were, were he was ready and he had great reversals or he had great turnarounds or whatever. It's like, oh, the, yeah, the evolution of that. I mean, what a, what a feud. They, people talk about the Kenny Okada feud. To me, this, from a t- storytelling, and it was all about, you know, Kenny winning the title. But for yep. me, from a storytelling uh, perspective of where it's come from, where it originates. And now, and within that match, he continues to tell the story of him and Tana, of, of Tanahashi. Mm. Like Tanahashi was his first match back after being a young boy at Wrestle Kingdom. And now, and and he's like putting him in the Texas Cloverleaf. He's he's um, talking all kinds of shit directly yeah. in commentary. Yeah, yeah, and it sort of sets us up for that. The, the, we had a question um, from Phoenix at Phoenix Justice asking that uh, about who the next challenger would be, and and uh, identified that Tanahashi. Phoenix identified that Tanahashi was probably the likely challenger just because of that interaction. It was so you know really obvious, and I. I thought there was something to that too. And I've got, a, I've got a theory going off the back here. I've got a theory I want to float with everyone. Remember, remember years ago when it first started, I was fascinated by the, the, the Switchblades logo, the five. 
yeah. I've always like, what is that? I remember, I remember at one point I was pitching him with the young boys, him, um, show yo, Finley and Juice being a faction. I was like, I was going through all different tries to try to figure it out. I could never quite oh, figure out what the four and the slash. The five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the five. Yeah. I never figure it out. I figured it out. So I had a chat on Twitter with uh, Jay's one of Jay's merch designers who was talking about her process in designing uh, his his latest shirt, which is released this week. Funnily enough, is that um, the um, the one with the knives on the, the back? The nice one with the knives. Yeah, the nice yeah, minimal pretty, design. Yeah, nice. Yeah, like a like a good yo shirt. Yes. Yeah. One you could. Yeah. One thing I like about New Japan's um, designs is often you can wear them and people won't know it's a wrestling shirt and it comes in white, which is great. But she was talking about there's five of them, and the idea was, and this is the story. It clicks into gear. Remember how, and this helps with also with Tana. Remember how Jay kept saying, "I'm the first Grand Slam champ." Yeah. Was like how many main titles that has he won? The difference between him and Okada, Okada is the world champ and that's his thing. I've won the main one. Yeah. Jay's won I go the, for no other belt. Yeah. Yes. Jay's won the Intercontinental, the Never, the US, the Heavy, the World Heavy. Yeah. Five. And when he finally completes that, what's under that logo? The Switchblade era. What does he declare when he finally wins that belt? We are now in the Switchblade era. Yeah, from the from the time he started, he was destined to win them all. And this is the culmination. Now, what's crazy is we start again. Yeah, we start again in the Switchblade era, and he starts with Tana once more. So we come back to where we began, and we start once more. And right this point. time, we start in the Switchblade era. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, yeah, where he's no longer the chaser. No. Yeah, but it's he's my still, era now. But he's still hunting. <laughs> yes. But yeah. he's got those five. I mean, that's a three and a half year story. Yeah. I, I believe the term is breathe with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but see, I think there's going to be evolution now. Significant evolution because he's achieved what he initially started out to get. So I think character wise, we're going to see some big shift. We're going to see, I think, you know, he sort of hints at it and what he's saying after he wins is like, you know, the world will now breathe with the switchblade. I think this is him trying to take this whole thing worldwide yeah so i mean whatever whatever happens beyond forbidden door jay will be certainly involved and it sort of picks us up to that thing remember we i mean our i mean my takes last week of age like milk but ultimately we had that discussion about uh you know big story long story right yeah and as you said before red like they built a carter up and i was sure that like i was convinced he was going to have like the the rainmaker of all rainmaker years where he like wins the g1 as champ and just keeps on just yeah Yeah. because he had beaten all challenges he's felled everyone before him and they were building him up and that seemed to be in their 50th year this is their 50th year and i I even made the point about him being like the evolution of japanese pro wrestling and i was like he integrates all these things and it goes back to trish's question about you know the styles thing and like what is like what is jay white's like influence and all those you know rivalry and all that elements and i was was like thinking off the top of my head was like yeah like he in my thinking was like maybe the guy who blends all of the styles and and is the true like the true heir of this thing is actually jay white because in the 50th year of the king of sports you know this world new japan world they have got a guy who's 
a Westerner, but he's kind of not, you know, yeah, like, and, and, and he's come through their system, through their system. They trust him because he's come through their system. He is a young lion from the beginning. And to me, he's like this bullet club version, like people got really excited and became fans on the back of the AJ styles and the Kenny Omega bullet clubs. But the bullet club, when it started was started by Western wrestlers that were upset about their positioning in the company it was led by devitt and devitt was exactly what jay is where he was yeah, a guy who came for the system I, wrote, I made a note of that too like devitt is the closest any of the leaders have been to devitt yeah. he's just the next evolution of that character because i, I mean aj for, for as great as he is in ring he's not he's not a particularly pronounced character no and Kenny, it always felt more about the elite. Kenny, yeah, Kenny and the elite, and Kenny chasing Akata or yep. the belt or whatever. That story, and less about any other story or evolution of character or. It didn't tie to New Japan. It didn't no. tie the same way because AJ was a star coming in. Kenny was a DDT guy coming in. Devitt was a New Japan guy. Jay's a New Japan guy. It hits harder when they break from the mold because they're saying we don't want to be. Like we, and that's why they rebelled and they they cheated and they did all that sort of stuff because they were the guys that were coming up that had that that had done their time and felt they were being looked over, like overlooked. That was the whole story, and we've come all the way back to it now because like this pandemic has been really rough for a lot of people, and it's been rough for a lot of those guys. Like a guy like ELP has spent so much time away from home. He's he's sacrificed so much to be in this spot. He can he can tell those same stories about being overlooked and not getting up. Like he can, they they're all in the same boat. Juice is in the same boat. Like you guys are not pushing me doing this stuff. And Jay is as the front character for that brings us all the way back to those those stories of like where Bullet Club started. But even more intriguing is that ultimately, like he's at a point where he's like a combination of all of them put together. He's like Devitt but bigger, which is a really handy thing for him and. Like there's no doubt that it's he's a draw, and there's no doubt that his time away has got fans. Like he has a lot of people that like Jay in the West. There's a lot of people that that shit on him, but he's incredibly polarizing. I think that's something that's that's sort of it's like it's ideal because it allows people to have an opinion on him. I feel like I feel like Jay is the kind of guy who isn't going to be understood properly until years later. Yeah, like that's that's how I feel about Jay is that years from now. People <laughs> profits. We're profits. Yeah, people will be like, oh my like, you know, like they'll reference Jay, like just like I did before, you know, Jake the Snake. Yep. Um, you know, and, and that's why right now with the whole bullet club and everything, it, it, it's super important to see what's going on because, like, you know, like you said, you mentioned Finn, you mentioned, you know, sorry, Devitt. Sorry, you mentioned AJ and all that kind of stuff. It, it's interesting to see what's going on with ELP right now, particularly with like where they're positioning him within the company with the, where they're positioning particularly too with, uh, you know, the bullet club, because Jay's the yeah. champion right now and ELP in that match of dominion, he really stood out as the leader of that. And then the, going the junior leader. Yeah. 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 So it's going to be super fascinating to see what's going to actually happen going forward. Well, it's that's the story, man, because I know that, um, Miss Doom has asked a question there, Red. Would you like me to read it to save you from getting in trouble? Let me do it again. Okay. Uh, do y'all think Jay will address ELP's promos about his leadership when he 
was off in the US. Yeah. So refresher, I can if for people that weren't uh, watching during the the lows of the uh, of, <laughs> of the pandemic, when there was very small crowds in Corican and uh, and ELP stood in the middle of the ring and called out Jay White for not being there and suggesting that if he wasn't going to be at Wrestle Kingdom, that, uh, that ELP would be. And there was a lot of subtle hints around, you know, what are you doing, man? Like, where are you? I, there's no one here leading. Someone's got to stand up. Um, and it was subtle. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, it was subtle in the way that ELP subtle. Um, but it was clear that there was a, from that moment on, there was a bit of thing of like, Oh, there's, there's a little hint that maybe this guy's getting a bit, frustrated and then obviously throughout the time he then said oh he's been texting with jay and jay's calmed everything over and it makes sense and but there was a bit of concern like would he fly with jay so when jay came back and the whole thing happened and elp decided to fly with jay that was actually like it wasn't a uh, fait accompli it wasn't just a given that he would do it um off the back of that i know that um phoenix at phoenix justice asked a question about evil literally added that question below the same because the same thing evil basically said don't assume that we'll stand behind you Hasn't Kenta said some things? Kenta, well? Kenta's just been, Kenta says he'll follow the man with the beard. So Kenta's just having fun. Uh, you know, that's what Kenta does. Just, just, just talks because everyone in the club has a fucking beard. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, primarily those two guys. I think House of Torture is nowhere to be seen. When Jay has a coronation, when there's the big piss up at the end, no House of Torture. They're a live bullet club, but not really. So it's kind of figuring out what's got to go there. I really don't know. If Jay, like everyone thought it'd be Jay and Evil, that was going to be the program. But in the time that Jay's been away, Evil's sort of been cycled down to a mid-card comedy guy. Mm. And Jay's a true main event character. We will see, as Dave said, we're going to see in the G1. That's the story of the G1 is the blocks. The big, the block reveal on, on the Road 2 show this week is going to be really telling because we'll get to see uh, if there's any matchups with, and there's going, there's going to be because the groups are going to be so small. There's only seven guys in a group, and there's that many Bullet Club guys in there. There's going to be pairings, so it's like, who gets who's ELP in with? If he's in with Jay, then we are off to the races because we're going to have something. They're going to start something there. It'll, it might pay off in a year's time or any month's time. It's not going to happen quick, I don't think. Yeah, but there's going to be something there where they're going to elevate ELP and L- ELP needs to be elevated at this point he's got so much potential and he's not a young man so i think the thing that's scary about jay is he's on top and he's only 29 so he's the youngest guy of all of them it's an interesting spot where they find themselves isn't it like Mm. um the bullet club drama is a thing uh i'm interested to see where it goes i think jay as you said dave i think jay is the top guy for new japan makes a lot of sense i mean akata's having a baby so i'm assuming that after g1 akata's probably going to be having a break um, i'm pretty sure akata has a baby during every match do I think, creates some babies i think he creates babies yeah people yeah, around babies. a little, 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 little akata's right yeah, the afterglow of an akata match is just yeah nine months after wrestle kingdom they're just people yeah. are coming out left right popping them out left right and center um but i i do think that jay's been given the torch really i think he's been given the ball now and he like he'll address those promos in time but he's got his own focus and i do think like we talked a lot about the match and that was great. It was a great match, but I honestly think that the promo in the ring after it and the promo backstage were the best things on the show. And it wasn't close. I thought his promo, his promos were, I mean, otherworldly was the term like I, and 
people are going to be upset. He got a lot of people upset. I was very pleased because it was like watching, it's like watching Twitter go into this weird meltdown of like people were like, because he upset AEW directly by calling them out, right? And talking all manner of shit. But then you had all these fans saying, this is the best promo of the year. You had wrestlers tweeting out, like from other companies tweeting out that watch this two minutes, this is the best you'll hear. And people like, oh, no, 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 no. They're not better than our promos over in AEW. No, they're not. They're not better. And it's like, so he's working at that first level. Fans are upset that he's being compared to your MJFs and your Kingstons and all those sorts of things. And then the next, then people start listening to it and then they get even more upset because they realize what he's actually saying. And um, I actually uh, found, I was going back and looking at old promos he'd done and the promo he cut on Hangman from 2018, yeah, I think. I listened to that. Yeah. This yeah. one was the remix. That was the original. This one was the remix. And it was like, yeah. he took the same criticisms about Hangman following the Bucks around and listening to Cody and being in the shadow and being on a program like BTE is all about the Bucks and you have nothing to do with it. And he just, he just transposed that to being all elite wrestling. You follow them, you listen to them. You went there to be a, you went there to be a star because you can't be a star here. And it's like, that is, that cuts deep for hangman. And it's like, it's, it's like, uh, the fact that he did that. (laughs) I said the truth hurts. It's, I mean, it, it does in some respects, but ultimately hangman, I mean, everyone knew hangman was going to be a star. No one's pretending like, yeah, like, and he, and to be fair, he left what I would assume was a fairly, I, I would bet he had was told he had a fairly good run coming up in New Japan. I think he's, I think he would have known that. So he had to, he had to turn that down to go to be a world champ over there and yeah. great for him. Congratulations. As Jay said, you know, you got all that story. You can all thank me. And I mean, yes, he's lying ultimately. Like he always lies about these things. Like he's just stretching the truth. It's not, a, it's not entirely false that the AEW was started because of him, but the story being is that I think Jay has legitimate, like, I think he has legitimate heat in the sense that he, with what Kenny sort of said about him, I don't think he takes that quite nicely. I know that Osprey certainly did, didn't. No, Osprey was not happy at all. No, he was not. And I think there's a little bit of resentment there that because Kenny said they just replaced me with this guy and said that and sort of insinuated that he wasn't, it was, you know, it was a shitty knockoff. And I, and I think there's a bit of that where it's like, Jay's like, well, I'm going to rub it back into your faces by the time I, when I return. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's the thing about Jay too, is because no one adds to the law of what's, what's happening in wrestling or whatever more than he does. You know, he's, his ability to um, <laughs> like talk about detail in a, I mean, MJF did it in his in his promo with it. Like, you know, you're talking truth, but you're doing it in a way where there's not a lot. I mean, how do you, you can't shut it down because effectively what he's saying, although maybe stretched a little bit, it's not, he's not the reason that they went off and started no. AEW. But you can make, I mean, he can make an argument for it. In his mind, it is. Yeah. And there's justification. Like I beat you and for this US belt, but it's all kayfabe. So- that's yeah. the that's the genius about him that MJF doesn't operate at. And that's just like MJF's best promo was breaking kayfabe. Yeah. Jay can keep it real in kayfabe. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. Like that's the next level of like, oh, that's really clever. 
Like you've figured out a way to say that you lost a US title match and got, and, and then tied it into this whole thing about like this, I beat Kenny and he was so upset about that. He just had to go off in there and he wanted to take his talents elsewhere. Yeah, like, yeah. Like it's clearly not, that wasn't the reason, but it's all the timeline fits, he, you know, like he makes, I just think it's, it's really quite funny. He makes you listen and you become invested. And that's that's that that's the difficulty that a lot of wrestlers don't, don't seem to have at the moment is that when Jay talks, it's almost like when he talks, it's you have to listen to everything he's saying because he's going to deliver. And that's that's the really cool thing about him is that whenever he does something, it is much it is must watch wrestling. Simple. He's adding he's adding to his own references. So in order for you to fully understand what's happening, you need to be invested so that all the references make sense. Yeah. And uh, and then you, like any great TV show and, you know, any great film series or whatever, they, or any great new TV show, they always Easter egg or they, yep. um, they reference things that come from the past and that excites people. He's like a... It, yeah, he's Jay- like a dvd with extras <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah except except he doesn't give you the, the talk is jericho commentary but like the yeah i mean like that's, the, is that? that's the thing man the ultimate like he is what everyone told you kenny omega was that's who he is he's the storyteller in the match like kenny omega is pantomime that's not a i'm not having a knock he plays broad he plays yeah. big and broad and his stories are easier to follow that's that's just the truth. That's how he and that's his philosophy. That's what Kenny wants to do. He wants to get as many people in and invite as many people in to see those stories. And then he wants to tell you about how great his story was over a two-hour podcast with Chris Jericho. Where Jay will never Jay will never do that. He will hmm. never go behind the curtain to tell you how it was done. He he won't even give you the satisfaction of letting you know that he's telling a story. But for those who know, they know. And when you see it, it's like being part of a club. It's like, holy shit, I figured this thing out. I can get these out. That's what he's playing at a level that I believe builds, like you said, Red, builds engagement, builds connection, builds like investment. Because if you put in, you will get a reward. And for fans of JY, we got our reward. And to see him get to this point after being away for so long, to be able to heat himself up in an instant, literally in one night, he heated himself up and if they don't go Hangman versus Jay, they got fucking marbles in their heads because he gave us a compelling reason to watch that match. He gave us a reason to care. He's literally saying, yeah, without, without having it. to do an interference or a, no, you know, a promo from the other guy, he's already he's given you a reason. He's just booked it for you, Tony. He booked six matches. <laughs> he booked six matches in that thing. He was talking about all of these things that you get. You, he even was patronizing towards Adam Cole. He said, like, thank you, Adam. Congrats on that Owen Hart tournament trophy. It's collapsing. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, you're really, yeah, great. They're friends, but they're not really friends. And even saying, like, and for people that, like, here's the thing. Remember how CM Punk got all that credit for when he did that promo when he came back? And maybe people don't remember, but he he included uh, Britt Baker. And everyone's like, oh, how great CM Punk to be able to, you know, elevate her when he had all these other options. And he made sure that he elevated Britt Baker. It's like Jay White's listing all these people that he could have feuds with and Britt Baker and make sure that, oh, Britt Baker's in my promo too. Yeah, I put her in as well because I, I'm a nice guy too and I elevate people like CM Punk does. Like 
there's nothing by accident. <laughs> there's no like, oops. <laughs> like these are all subtle references. They're all like the the more you invest, and there are people on Twitter that do that have got gifts and things that are flowing along, following these stories, and I feel I'm really happy for them, and I think that ultimately. I'm going to be so fascinated to see when the sort of this type of guy gets presented to get on a big platform and to see the type of takes that he would generate, because I think he's going to become undeniable. I think you put him in the ring with a guy like Hangman, who's been positioned as the, you know, the future ace of their, their company in AEW and people get to see Jay White. I just think whoever he wrestles, they're all all the people will talk about leaving forbidden door be him. That's my prediction. I think that he yeah. will steal it because I think he will too. They're not they're not ready. They're just not ready. People aren't ready for it yet. And, and they're gonna get it. American style. He's been out there the whole time. He knows yeah. how to do it. Exactly. So yeah, that's a great point. Is that he will literally blow them away. And that's where the best thing about it is that these people who might be a casual fan, who might be coming into Jay's, you know, aura. For the first time, this is going to be sick. This is going to be the main reason why you watch this year's Forbidden Door. Next year's will be amazing. It's going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Okada. But um, I was going to say, that Jay being like the afterthought as far as the best in the world, I think that conversation starts to taper off and people start to consider him in that top five in the world yeah. because yeah. that's where he's at. And I feel like this is just like the you know, the first step in that process, whatever clusterfuck forbidden door comes out as being, I think Jay ends up reigning supreme and everybody, he's the talking point from the show. And, um, and then onto Dominion, uh, onto the G1. Uh, he's, I think he'll have an insane G1. And like you were saying earlier about maybe Okada goes through as champion. I mean, mm. they could very well go that way with Jay. And then he gets to pick his. Then he gets to pick his opponent for yeah. for Wrestle Kingdom. And there's, like I said, like it opens up so many possibilities for him. The possibilities going like again going in, we don't know. But I don't care because ultimately the long story is just starting. The big story starts the new long story. Yeah. Because it's like the coronation, the crowning of Jay White, the the new king is here. And now we have to figure out like the rain. We have to figure out who he's going to be fighting, who he's going to be paired up with. Tana in the short term, I don't have, I don't know. I don't know the, the long-term rival for Jay. This, this presents some interesting stuff for Okada moving forward too, as yeah. like being presented as the guy, but then realizing that he's not the guy. I mean, that, that adds another layer. A to younger there. guy too. Adds another layer to their feud. A different story can be told there. There can be the story of Okada trying to chase. Yeah. And you got all these other guys that's waiting in the wings. And like Jay's got all these guys that he could, you know, these, these guys during the pandemic that got their opportunities that Jay hasn't touched. Yeah. You know? Like Jay and Shingo, Jay and Osprey. I mean, yeah. all, all these compelling feuds that he could have. Jay, I mean, I'd like to see a, a longer program with Jay and Naito too. Yeah, they have that's great the chemistry. That'd be cool. Yeah, that's the. I mean, I think that's kind of the. And then, and it, and to go back too, to go through the full story, the full story of Jay to becoming the true king, to go to take the guys go back on. Those, 
yeah, going through, go through Tanahashi, then go through a feud with Naito. Then Kenny. Then Kenny. Hmm. Wow. Really, Kenny? Well, if, if you want to tell that story, then that's what you tell. You go back through the guys that he took. I mean, I'm, I'm down for that. That's conspiracy booking that I would like. Like, redo the, the ascent, the climb, but now go back and demolish them. Like, I mean, I, I just think it's so cool right now that for a guy whose whole gimmick is breathe and this is my era, we are literally in his era. Finally. Yeah, yeah that's breathing. what I mean. We're, we're finally there. <laughs> and thank Christ we're breathing. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was two years. It was, it was It was touch and go there for a bit. But uh, just, Right now, my heart is in a chili bin and my jandals are on. Yeah, get those jandals on. <laughs> oh, beyond keen. Oh, yeah, man. man. It's great, isn't it? It's great. I, we're looking forward to where it goes. This is, I mean, for us, it's like you couldn't have you couldn't have booked it better. Like the Jay Jay White's on top, and this podcast is back. It's like my God, prepare if if you like the if you like long form Jay talk, then uh, prepare for a G one. Uh, can you just just you know preemptively the draft? It's going to be a absolute fucking scrap at the it's top. Going to be a ship light at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Like that, those. I'm just saying right now, I'm taking Zach Saber Jr. first. Well, I hope, I I hope you do because it'd be. I know between Dave and I, it's going to be an absolute. (laughs) It's going to be a fist fight. It's like so. At some point, it's like yeah, that because that's just that's my most compelling narrative going in. I just want to see Champion J in a G1, all these compelling stories, all these matchups, and see what seeds he plants. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what because... seeds other guys plant? What seeds gate? What seed Gato plants? Like, what's what's going on? And how and how long is that story going to be told? And I hope it is over a longer period of time. Because I'm, I mean, what we haven't had from Jay yet is a long dominant reign. And if it looks yep. like that, that's what we're uh, at the doorstep of this long dominant reign from Jay. And I'm looking forward to seeing. Let's, that's how they how book, man. Shape. You know, yeah. they give you that first rain, you get a couple of wins, and then you go away for a while. Like Nido, you get a, you get that first one to just to prove that you can do it, so you're credible. And then you come back a couple of years later to get that 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 true coronation. Yeah, if he goes on an actual run, and to be fair, like he's got the G one, so you're protected. He doesn't have to worry so much mm. about building stories. He's like in terms of carrying the. Yeah, belt. He can even he can eat a few pins, and it doesn't matter. You know, it only yeah. adds to the stories that can be told. Yeah, so it's a it's a perfect time to do it. Um, and Forbidden Daughters happens to fall in that, you know. That's that's kind of the way I, I look at it. And if he gets against Hangman, to me, that's like to put it this way: you can have all the great matches you want, but for someone like me, that's the match I'm most interested in watching because I know that, like, we we know who's going to win and lose most of these matches. It's not a, that's not the concern for me. It's more what are they going to do in it, you know, and what are we going to see in it, and what are they going to plant in it, yeah. and Jay as a as a as a true bad guy that people will actually like is to me is going to be the compelling narrative going along. If they're smart about it, they need to do that because Jay will add so much to what Hangman is moving. That's the point, man. That's the thing. Like everyone's upset because Hangman went out and said, "Give me the world title, give me Okada," and they said, "Oh, you dangled Okada and Hangman, and now we're not going to get it, and we're going to be upset about it." But I'm like, people, like I get it. But we don't always get what we want. One, we should all know that. We're all grown adults. We, we can accept that. But don't we realize that Hangman's whole character is 
I finally affirm what I want and I don't get it. Like he's, his whole character is I fail. Like that's his character. <laughs> and by the time I announce what I want to actually actualize it, to self-actualize and actualize what I want to achieve. And it's right there for me to get. And then this prick comes along and takes it from me. I lose what I want. Not did I just lose it. That fucker took it. That's so simple. A story. Yeah. It fits the hangman character perfectly. It fits, it fits the Jay White you. character perfectly. Yeah, and it put the two of them in a ring. Let them sort it out. Let Hangman cut a promo. Let him come out straight up and cut a promo straight back at Jay on Dynamite. Jay turns up. You're off to the races. It's fucking simple. Not hard. It tells a story that's four years old. And guess what? They're two of the best workers in the world. It's going to be tremendous. It'll be a great match. You don't have to yeah. worry about the fucking star ratings. They're going to come too. If anything, like their last match, that US title match they had is to go by, and they're both four years better. Yeah. Like that match was fucking incredible. And they had no one wanted, they, they didn't have the crowd to start with, and they got them. Like that was the whole point. Everyone was like, oh, these guys, oh, they're getting, because remember that was they like, pushing them up too quick? Remember that yeah. argument? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like people had that argument, people, that, oh, Hangman and Jay are getting pushed too quickly. They shouldn't be in this spot. Oh, fucking, that's age like milk. That's fucking yogurt out there. Like, seriously. <laughs> and now we look back and we say, look at these two guys that can return. Remember, that was one of the first, bat- that was one of the first ventures into the US. People forget about it because that was a Golden Lovers versus Bucks night. But mm-hmm. like, that, that was like a venture. And they were pretty clear that they were generational rivals that New Japan was pairing up. They were saying these guys are going to be the guys. Yeah. So the fact they could just kick off this forbidden door thing with that match again, tell me why that's more compelling than Hangman yelling, I want Okada and Okada coming wrestling. Just seriously, like yeah. that, if, if you, if you want to have wrestling where it's like, I'll get my two wrestling figures and I put them in a little ring and I make them go great. But for the people that like actually care about where this is going to head to and want to have some reason to follow it and yeah. not just have a big pop on the night, yeah, not just put a Carter in because he's got the belt. Yeah, but you don't, yeah, have it, have some substance behind and the stakes. Match. We've got a yeah, world title stakes, here. Yeah, and both of them are for a world champion level guys. It just writes itself. And if they try to do anything messy with it, I'm just going to be like, man, come on, you had it sitting there. And if T- if Tony Khan doesn't want Hangman to lose, then simple, have Adam Cole interfere, cost fucking Hangman the thing, you, easy, protect him, fine. But yeah. ultimately, you're going to have to have a loss. And it doesn't hurt Hangman to lose to Jay White. It doesn't. Mm. So, ah, it'll add to damn his story. it, you cowards. Yeah. I mean, you're not, going to, you're not about to put the belt back on Hangman. So, it'll add to his story moving forward. And he needed he needs something else to... I mean, he's just been a champion. But again, to be considered the ace, the top guy, he's got to have some falls so he can rise back up again. Yep. And ultimately, he'll be paired up with Kenny at some point. So, like, yeah. this fits the whole narrative. Kenny's and Jay and Kenny and Hangman. Jay's like the little guy in the middle that establishes the relation yeah. between those guys. And then he can have a crack at CM Punk again down the line. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to bring a guy down and bring him back up. Yep. And no one more than Hangman benefits from that. You know, the anxious yeah, millennial no one cowboy. Will do it, and no one will do it better than Jay. No. So yeah. they, 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 were, they were destined to do this. So... That's my match. Let's see if they do it. If they don't, that's fine. I'll, I'll get Jay in six more matches in G1. It'll be fine. But I'm keen for if they do it, if they chuck Adam Cole and they make or and Okada and make it a four way, I'll be fucking furious. But you know, 
it is what it is. I get too mad. I'll just accept it and say, okay, we're trying to play politics. But fundamentally, this year, this this event, this whole thing, it's we all thought it was about a Carter. Uh, wrong. It's it's clearly about Jay White. So great for us. Great for us because we get to follow it. The G one's going to be fucking insane. I'm looking forward to it. I look, I'm looking forward to all of it. Like, you know, like the forbidden door and like all that kind of stuff. It's going to be amazing. Like the G1, great. Yes. But the, the forbidden door thing, it's really cool for wrestling to have this. This is a, a really, really cool moment right now that we as wrestling fans get to participate in. Yeah. You know, regardless like of what is going to go down and what the matches are, this is still a cool pivotal moment in wrestling history. Yeah, and it says a lot. It says a lot from New Japan who they put as their face for it, and that's and that's it. Like, and people will will, my eye roll it, and they may say, "Oh, they're trying to," no, no, they're not. They're not booking with like, "Oh, just for vanity and put this guy." It's like we're trying to send a message. We're saying we're saying something about who we are and what we're trying to achieve, and we're saying that this guy's earned it. He's come through our system. We've he's a product of our system. Like we built this character. He's all ours. We've built him, and. We believe that he can credibly stand toe to toe of anybody that you have and be better than them. And he's got none of the disadvantages that he like, like any like Naito or Tana or Akata, like they can't stand toe to toe and cut a promo against these guys. Jay can. Yeah. Like he can, can do everything can they can. Burn, he can burn the fucking joint down if he wants to. Yeah. And that's the thing where it's like he's the guy that can do everything that they can do and that little bit more. And, and that's that- the. That's the frustrating part that I get from those. And he's been given the opportunities to do that. But I just feel like New Japan has just sort of said, and it's we can all play nice, but like when Obari cut that promo, it was like he, he said, like, it's a forbidden door, but just remember who's going to be on the other side of that. <laughs> like yeah. He made it pretty clear. Like, we're going, to, we're going to have strong style on the other side of this door. To them, it's like it's their chance to declare it. And I know people are upset because they want New Japan to represent, you know, your Akatas and your Shibatas and your Tanas and have this thing. but this is the company of Naito. This is the like. This is the company of Naito. This is the company of we are great in ring, but we're fucking shits too. We like to be shits and we like to have fun and we like to tell these funny stories and we like to we we don't we're not so focused on being one thing. We're all things and we're the best at all of those things. And so the idea that they could present Jay as that embodiment to me makes all the sense in the world upon reflection. You know, looking yeah. back now, I'm like, okay, yeah. So, yes, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. It's a great time for wrestling. And it's a great time for Jay White fans. And it's and for anyone else that's upset about that, fucking say something. Because ultimately, you, you're going to be able to be positioned. He's made you mad. Oh, no, I'm mad at this heel. Oh, geez. How yeah. am I going to get on for my day? You know, like, yeah. it is, it's odd, right? Like, but, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you'll, you'll, as you said, you'll come out for begrudging respect. There's no doubt. And if you don't respect it and you think there's nothing and to you're it. you're just being ignorant, yeah. Yeah, I can't say anything to you. I was like, okay, cool. Fair enough. Go watch something else because clearly this is not for you. Uh, well, I'm just saying wait for Forbidden Door 2 where it's Tai Chi versus Wardlow. Fuck yeah, sign me up. Yeah, sign me <laughs> up. Fucking sign me up in a sumo yeah. match? Fucking <laughs> sign me up. Yes. Give him 100%. 10 minutes. Give him fucking 10 minutes. But P.S., man, that fucking match was great. That yes. was a I fucking love that match. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, from the, from the company that's renowned for its serious matches, now we give you a 10 minutes, we count every match scoreboard fucking yeah. time clock thing. Yeah, it was like, it was, it was like, 
exciting and the yeah. countdown added to it and more Chingo scoreboards. Was great and tai Chi was great and then the scoring and oh, yeah. this is the main event. This is the whole reason why I did the show, just to talk about this match. That <laughs> entire card. Like that was so much fun. Like the entire start, the finish, everything about that match was the reason why I'm into wrestling. There's 10 oh. seconds on the clock and he's got a clutch. He's got the ghetto yeah. clutch. And you're like, oh, is he gonna get it? It was like yeah. an Iron Man match in fast forward. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, but that's I like the, thing. the chemistry like, between those two too. Yeah. I hope they continue that feud. They're good. Yeah, G one pair them up in G one. They're they're fucking yeah. hilarious. Their backstage comments are just Tai Chi trying to get his YouTube channel over. <laughs> just constantly, <laughs> like, and that's the thing. Like, I know he won't get booked, but that's the type of guy that you want to get booked for a forbidden door because people Fuck haven't yeah. watched him for three years. Yeah. So you're like Tai Chi. It's like. Yeah, yeah, Taichi. Taichi. Yeah, it's like yeah, he's he's one of those he's one of those fifth guys now. It's I'm not yeah. even joking. Like you could put yeah, Taichi yeah. in a main event, you could do it because I fucking hope they do. I want yeah. to see him in the main event. Oh, imagine Jay and Taichi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you imagine that? Holy fuck! Uh, the, the energy, the energy in that domain. Imagine, it's going to get. Imagine like I could see Jay actually removing his pants. <laughs> they build a match around pants yeah, yeah. <laughs> top to bottom there's a card of diversity different types of matches peep and like none of those matches on dominion went more than like 15 minutes until we got to the main like they're yeah. all fairly you know short and, and built and built and built until we got to you know we had all these different styles and we got to the, the big crescendo so yeah, I mean, they they kind of know what they're doing I don't as I said I don't know if the card is like I've seen like during the pandemic or like coming out of it, I saw cards that perhaps the guys were trying more in terms of their wrestling to try to get the matches over. This one felt like they're trying to get some really key stories heading into G1 over. And I think we saw it all, didn't we? Like we got to see all those elements. And I, I, I mean, like that, I mean, the main event is it's like Red loves to say everything I love about wrestling, but that, that to me is the most compelling side of wrestling. I mean, everybody maybe that shits on Jay because he's not a high flyer, he's not a spot guy, or he's not a moves guy, or whatever. But it makes, for me, it makes when, because his stuff is like pretty snappy when it wants to be, when he wants it oh, to yeah. be. It makes it impactful. And it because there's, there's time between things and he leads it. I feel like, I don't know whether we've well, we've kind of talked about it in the past, but I feel like if Cornette actually took notice of Jay White, he'd be a guy that you'd really be into. Yeah, I'm Kevin like, Kelly actually said he wanted him to go. I mean, look, <laughs> I don't know. Imagine send him Tai Chi clips, but like, yeah, yeah I mean, Cornette's not going to watch much. No, nah, I don't think he's going to watch any of it. Yeah. Like, yeah, and but I think the idea, I think the 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 lesson though you're saying is like the old school guys that rag on contemporary wrestling that jay can can do stuff that they would appreciate but the new but he can also do the new things like you're right dave when you're saying like even that little visual you're doing like that element like that's i always think about like you know brief the switchblade like that's the idea is like he lulls you in with this like hypnotic pace and then he snaps up he, he, he cardio goes up through the thing he snaps up he goes faster then he bows back again and it's like all these little things, man, that fundamentally, I think, as you said, like the old school guys would look at it and go, he's a worker. Like he's, his crowd control is better than anyone's. Yeah. His, and his pacing. His pacing is so different. It's like, look, there's a, there, like, I don't, I haven't watched much of him, but I always hear the, uh, maybe you'd be better just to know this one, Red, but he always gets compared to Randy Orton. 
because apparently Randy Orton's a bit like that, where he's like really good at pacing. And I know that Jay grew up liking Randy Orton, but I also think actually that a really good comparison. I never actually ever thought of Jay. I, I see it a bit on Twitter. Yeah. People comparing to Randy Orton, but I haven't watched Randy Orton since he was doing the Randy O, so I wouldn't have a fucking clue. Yeah. Um, can, can I just point out, that's actually like a weird comparison to have Randy Orton versus Jay White. Like, I mean, yeah, I kind of see what people are saying there, but like you, when Randy Orton's doing his type of match, you can deliberately see that he's trying to do the whole methodical thing. Whereas with Jay, it legitimately looks like he's doing a methodical thing. Like that may not make sense to people, but like for no, me, that's, I think it's in that word, red legitimacy. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, yeah. That, legitimacy. that's what I mean. Though, when, when Randy Orton's doing his thing, has done in the past, compared to Jay, when Jay's doing it, I think me as a fan, I'm much more invested in how he's doing it. Could yeah. be a bit of presentation too. Could could be with Randy, like he's yeah. the crowd he's playing for, like yeah. a bit yeah. of a performance. I mean. I, Randy's been criticised for sort of going through the motions and yeah. doing a, like doing a Randy match. Which... He's been he gets called boring. It's the same. It's the same sort of thing. So I think that's that's why yeah. people want to yeah. make that comparison. I think. Look, I've always said about Randy Orton, he's the greatest Randy of wrestling of all time. <laughs> I, but I do think, um, yeah, the so just to sort of to put a nice little bow on it, I do think the idea of the the callback to Shelley is is something that I, I just wanted to give people that haven't seen it to give a the check out um, independent wrestling TV did a, does this series called life of a wrestler. And I did like a three part thing on Alex Shelley and I highly recommend it. It's very much worth a watch, but um, he has all like, he's a Despy mask. He's good mates of Despy. And he's like, he really loves Japan. Oh, he talks about it all the time, but he was talking about, he's got a, his, his old man has a thing that Jay White made him a Kiwi flag thing in uh, alex shelley's dad's got it in his fucking pool room and it's like because because jay lived with alex shelley for two years in detroit and so there's this thing where i look at alex shelley now and he's like he's such a smart worker he's like this really like he gets it and he gets he and i just think that i think jay got to have all the experience of going through the new japan system but then he spent two years on excursion learning from alex shelley who let's be real, like was a big influence for the young bucks was a big, like he's a independent sort of wrestling sort of legend and Jay live with him. And so like, there's this thing where it's like, this guy has got so many influences from so many different places. He's come from a, from New Zealand. So culturally he's got this very different position. He spent all the time in the dojo, like, and now he's in, yeah, now he like lives. Discovered by Devitt and Farley and yeah. Yeah, and apparently was discovered because he was packing up the ring, and the, they watched him clean up the ring as part of the crew. And they were like, Farley liked him because he liked what he was, just liked what he was doing in terms of helping out and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so discovered by those guys, sort of had no real idea about New Japan Pro Wrestling, didn't even really know any of that sort of history, but has since sort of like you'd say like what sort of wrestlers from new japan history does he represent it's like he doesn't really like he there's elements of guys in there for sure the people that he's been trained by and when he turns baby face i think you'll see a lot of tanahashi flourishes i think they'll be i think they'll be coming out but but it's more like he's the guy that's taken all of your favorite wrestlers from around the world and he's somehow merged them into this japanese 
pro wrestling style that people say he's a western style that he fits that and he he does i think he does fit western tv wrestling but i think that nothing beats jay white in japan nothing no. like like you you got to, we got to say it was like oh my god that's right it's, he just fits here like he went 35 minutes no dramas and people forget like the wrestle kingdom match 45 minutes with Ibushi a couple of years back like that was when everyone took notice and then he cut a promo after that that's when everyone took notice and it feels yeah. like we're just he, then the pandemic got real bad he got COVID, and everything happened we've sort of transported back to the beginning of, of 2020 we've gone back two years um or 2021 we've gone back a year and a bit and we're back to that point and he cut a he cut the shoot promo before anyone expected it people thought it was gonna be in the royal rumble and <laughs> now we're back to that point so yeah i think that um yeah i just think man people have just got to get ready to to accept this because it's going to be the the course that new japan is going to be going on he's going to be the captain of this ship and there's so many things that can happen it's so fresh it's freshened it up in a, in a heartbeat it definitely it's, is baby it's fresh man like yeah matchups that people didn't expect to see they're going to see so i look forward to talking about it because it's going to be fucking awesome just when you thought we were done thank you so much for listening to us tonight it's almost as if like your ears have helped us fly a kite. As we talked about, Jay White. Lock up your daughters. Lock up your wives. This man likes his knives. We are We Work Stuff. Oh, lot, lot the of Kiwi flavor. In tonight. I'm, I'm flavor. a big fan of it. I think it's great. Yeah. Hey, are you, Lance?